Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Well, technically not Happy New Year, but you know what I'm saying? You, you, you get the fucking point. Um, and welcome to our New Year's edition of Chainsaws and Claws. I'm Rob the Cinema Drunkie. I'm Patrick Vicious. And we have a double of New Year's features. Well, features centered around New Year's. Um, like this one in particular, like uh, you, uh, you already know what's Patrick's uh, feature, <laughs> you know, like uh, you know. But uh, we'll 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 hang on to that, you know, until we get there. Um, but our first feature is 1980s Terror Train. And um, I I really uh, excited to talk about this one because uh, I'm a huge fan of Terror Train. Not a lot of people are. I, I've um figured out like over the years and shit that uh, not a lot of people actually like. I mean, it has its fans and people like, oh, it's classic. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Um, <laughs> it, it like it, it's not it's not like fucking Halloween or anything. Um, but I, I, I do think it, it's, it's really fucking good, you know what I'm saying? And, and really well directed, uh, by Roger Spotswood. Um, uh, however, it's like, I was just like, I'm surprised that, that, that a lot of people don't like it, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I see a lot of complaints about it being too slow and I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that's fair. Like it does have a lot of slow spots. Um, but like, no, like I, I've always been a, a huge fan of Terra Train, you know what I'm saying? Like. I think I saw it for the first time back in the day. I think Joe Bob may have shown it uh, on, on Monster Vision. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's probably where I first saw it. And uh, I, I've, I've always dug it there since then. And I still dig it now and shit. Like, I remember uh, I I rewatched it recently after uh, Halloween. Tubi uh, debuted the, the remake. And uh, I wanted to get the taste of the remake out of my fucking mouth and shit. So I rewatched the original uh, right after that. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is much better. You know what I'm saying? Even though the, the remake is the same fucking movie. It was like, I don't even know why they bothered and shit. It's like the fucking Hitcher remake. Or, but I mean, like, it's also kind of like, I mean, I haven't seen the remake because I'm not going to do that to myself. But um, <laughs> the, um, the because uh, I just was talking to Morgan about this with like the uh, Gus Van Zandt Psycho remake where I was just like, it's interesting, like you do like a shot for shot remake, whatever. That doesn't mean that I need to watch it. Like it's just like it's it's fine. Like it's just like I the, the original movie exists, so no, that's that's fine. I don't need to watch that movie. That's fine. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, also, hi Morgan. Hi. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I don't even know why they fucking bothered. It's the same fucking movie. It's just shorter. And like there's like one or two major changes, but it's pretty much the same exact fucking movie. And it's just like just like in my review of uh, Letterboxd, I said, just just watch Terror Train, the original Terror Train. It's the same fucking movie, you know what I'm saying? Like and then they they got a fucking sequel coming out, you know what I'm saying? That's a, like that one came out on Halloween and uh, if I'm reading correctly, this one is uh, the sequel is coming out on New Year's, so that's like what... which that, that definitely suggests quality. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying because the, the the that first remake and shit was like really quality stuff there. Um, you could tell like the, the the set wasn't even a fucking train and shit. 
you could tell like they just found like a, a long room and shit and just built the set in there and shit. I'm like, these motherfuckers are obviously not on a train. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. There's tons of movies where they do that, like where there's like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily bode for the film itself. It's just right. like I mean, like I mean, yeah, like so I mean if you're making something for not a lot of Christ, even sometimes if you're making like just practical reasons, like I get it. So I'm not gonna like hold that against it. I just it I don't when you tell me there is a to be original remake of Terror Train, my thought is not I desperately need to see that film. That is the exact opposite of my thoughts. My my exact thought is, nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, nah, like I, I was interested in, like you know, say, oh, you know, what I'm saying, but let's let's see what they did, and I'm just like, uh, I, I kind of wish I hadn't, um, it, you know. But luckily, Tubi also had the original Terror Train on there, so I could just like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw on the original Terror Train. Um, but yeah, uh, going into the original Terror Train, uh. Of course, this is one of uh, the the what what I like to call Jamie Lee Curtis plus uh old uh older leading man uh horror movie collection. This one has Ben Johnson, which is weird too because he was billed uh first like before her, you know what I'm saying? And it's like I think at that time and shit like Jamie Lee Curtis star was rising where it was like um to the point where you get to Halloween two and they do that thing. Where um, like with the 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 fucking uh Paul Newman, Steve McQueen billing, yeah. Where it's just like these these two dudes are like like the same quality of like fucking star in Hollywood. Yeah, they're equal footing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's like which one do we bill first? So they 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 like they do it in a way where it's just like where Paul Newman's credit was like uh. Like if if you're looking at it from left to right, Paul Newman looks like he's billed first. But then if you're looking at it from up to down, it looks like Steve McQueen is billed first. You know what I'm saying? And they did that with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance and Halloween too and shit. And it's just like, yeah, you know, the, they really wanted to build Jamie Lee first and shit. But um, they should have just built Don- Donald Pleasance first anyway and shit because he was did more in the movie than she did. Um, but yeah. Uh, this is the, this is part of that collection. Um, was it? This came out after prom night, correct? I think so. Like, I yeah. want to say yes. Yeah. Um. So it's like, yeah, this was definitely a point in time and shit where like Jamie Lee was just like becoming the 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 it girl in horror films. Um. And uh, what what I liked about it is that uh. You know what I'm saying? It's like, for for instance, like I, I just want to get something right off the bat is that who the fuck hosts a a, a Halloween like it's it's like it's a costume party like you know what I'm saying that's why I was about to call it a Halloween party, but it's like it's a costume party on New Year's Eve on a train, and it's like what fucking sense does this make? But whatever, like it, it leads to like this this clever idea where. The killer in the movie uh, gets revenge on uh, uh, people who, uh, like, fellow students who pranked him really bad in, in the opening of the movie, and then takes their costumes and then just moves throughout the, the the rest of the party and shit wearing their costumes, which I thought was like really fucking clever. Um, it also uh, it probably 
doesn't leave it to to be like you know in that level of iconic uh, nature because the killer doesn't have one look it's not like a michael myers thing yeah. where like michael myers look is iconic you know what i'm saying or like jason with his hockey mask and all that stuff like the killer is basically like he he has like what the the the, the most iconic uh, one is like the Groucho Marx. I was gonna costume. say yeah, that was on the poster. Yeah, that's on the poster and shit. But he only wears that and shit for a brief moment of time before he switches to to a different costume and then a different one after that and shit. So it's like, you know, the, the killer doesn't have an iconic look. So I guess why this is not considered as iconic as uh, the the other uh, films in the the Jamie Lee Curtis plus old dude collection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, I mean, not to go further, because apparently the vibe of my uh, feelings on Prom Night was not positive, which, I yeah. mean, is, is fair. Um, but um, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say I dislike it, but I would say, um, at the very least, this having, like, 10,000 costumes and all of them being visually interesting is yeah. more intriguing to me than just the straight up, just like, I mean, granted, it's realistic. But in Prom Night, which is like basically just like a straight up like black, like black pants, black shirt, black mask, like whatever. So it's like this at the very least, like is more interesting, I think. Like it's like it's the men on me iconic in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like it takes me a minute to think of what the hell that was even worn in Prom Night. Whereas this, like if you say Terror Train, the first thing will pop in my head is the Groucho Marx thing. So at least that's yeah. something. Like it'll just pop up instantly. Like that, that's saying something, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely, but um, I want to, I want to, I want to go into uh, the opening scene, uh, which uh, basically leads to the plot of the movie, and is that the the prank, where um, fucking uh, Ellis from Die Hard, uh, is 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 in this movie, uh, and he decides. Kelly, the director of PCU. Who the fuck knew? I didn't know. Yeah, 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 I remember you texted me that yesterday, uh, and he was like, Ellis from Die Hard directed PCU? And I was like, yes, sir, he did. You know what I'm saying? I would not have called that. I would not have called that in a million years. Like, also, um, as as far as, uh, as uh, the way Jeremy Piven uh, tells it, that uh, he was also against improvisation on the set of PCU, and... Um, the only improvisation Jeremy Piven got away with was the "Don't be that guy." Um, that that was his line. He came up, and Harbachner was just like, oh, "Yeah, you know that could stay in." But uh, um, I still quote that line to this day. I do too. I do too. And shit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like fucking uh, the, that that is one of like the 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 great lines in in that movie. Well, probably the. My favorite line, the most iconic line from PCU is, <laughs> "You're gonna wear the shirt of the band you're going to see perform. Don't be that guy." <laughs> I love that line so much. But um, yeah, he decides to play a prank uh, on um, another student named Kenny, who's I believe is a freshman. Um, where they trap him in a in a room with a cadaver that they stole from the morgue. Uh, which is incredibly fucked up. Um, and the, 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 the question is not that, like, off the bat, that's fucked up. But why did they <laughs> need Jamie Lee to, to take part in this prank as well? Because um, her friend Mitchie 
was into it. You know what I'm saying? She was like into it. She was like, oh, yeah, like we're going to do this thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, Jamie Lee's uh, Curtis character, Elena, had no idea what was going on. You know, she didn't know about the the, the cadaver and all that shit. So it's like when uh, she figures out what happened and shit, she's, you know, like just fucking just floored. Like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? She's like the most sympathetic one, which is why she ends up being the final girl, because you can't have Jamie Lee being like, yeah, yeah, let's fucking prank this guy. Let's fucking, you know, do him dirty and shit with the cadaver and all that shit, you know. But it's like, why did they need her to, to, to take part in this? Like, why was it? imperative that she be the one to trick him into fucking coming into the room like oh like you know she really likes you and she's like oh kenny come on kiss me and all that shit you know for mine why why did why did, why why was it necessary that they needed elena to take part in this prank in in, in this way you know what i'm saying I, I'll, I'll never understand because it's just like mitchy was right there you know mitchy could have done it you know and i'm saying like why did they need to fucking do this to elena and shit i would never understand I mean, to be fair, though, kind of the lesson you learned throughout the film, they're not good people. They're just, they're just not. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is one of those things where it's just like, uh, where I talk about in other slashes, like we were talking about in Prom Night, where it's just like, there's really no suspense because the characters who are getting killed, we kind of want to see die because of that, you know, because that was incredibly fucked up, like what they did. So it's just like, there, there's no sympathy, you know. Uh, you know, like, you know, what I'm saying they try, like, they try their best to create sympathy, like, uh, like you know, like the 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 drama of the story and shit, where it's just like you realize that uh, Ellis from Die Hard is uh, uh, an enormous fucking douchebag. Um, surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did like, play another character? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you know, there there was Supergirl. Um, okay, fair enough. Where, where, where he plays like the fucking dim witted uh, construction worker, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, he could play that, but, like, yes, the Ellis from Die Hard is great at playing douchebags. This is why he's Ellis from Die Hard. You know, we, we know his name. His name is Hart Bachner, but uh, he will always be Ellis from Die Hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One of the greatest pricks of all time. <laughs> like, fucking. Uh, um, uh, fucking uh, Howard Atheron level of of uh, prick playing in movies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, like there, there there's really like the the movie works, I think, best because of Roger Spotswood's um direction because it's this very uh, stylishly made movie and shit, you know what I'm saying? Atmospheric, and he kind of had to work overtime because there is no suspense throughout the story and shit because we want to see these motherfuckers get their comeuppance. Um, particularly fucking uh, Ellis from Die Hard. Uh, he fucking, he is just such an enormous prick. Even to his, like, his best friend. Oh, no, that's it's funny. It's like, um, even like, if you, if you think you're going to make the argument that like, just because they're horrible people, so you want to see them die, uh, the closest to suspense is like, oh, like, will... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis find out that uh, her boyfriend and his best friend just took two random girls, one of which was Vanity, um, back to have sex with, like, whatever. And it's like, and now Hart Bachner has turned on him and is gonna, like, fucking, like... The, so it's like, the, the suspense created is, like, 
can they do even worse things? Like, will worse things happen? It's just like, Jesus Christ, like, there's worse things than murder that happen in this. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, throughout this film, that's the way they build suspense, is like, oh, hey, they're actually worse people than you thought. How much worse can they get from, like, scene to scene? It's like, that's actually an interesting way to build suspense of this, like, it's like the whole thing of, like, David Cronenberg, where it's like, when he does body horror, where it's like, it's not like it's a normal thing, where it's like you're waiting, kind of like you're building up horror, and then you just like unleash it. It's like every scene you're just like watching them, like like let's say like Brundle get a little bit worse, and that's where the horror comes from. It's kind of the same thing, where it's just like you're watching the people, the characters get slowly just fucking worse throughout the thing, where they're not sympathetic. Like none of them, you you really like the only ones I guess you don't want to see die are most of the girls are pretty innocent. Um, they didn't really do anything wrong. Um, but like the dudes very, very much are just awful. They're just awful human beings that like, like, I'm not going to say anyone deserves to die, but like, I'm not sad. I'm not sad. They died. That's not a thing that I don't, I don't mourn them. I don't grieve for their loss. Nah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel you. Like, I'm like, even, even what you said, like the, with the girls and shit, like, like the only sympathetic character is, Elena, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis character, because Mitchie was very much down with the prank. Like, she, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yeah, no sympathy for her either. So you have to create fake sympathy for her. But it's just like, she busts uh, her boyfriend, uh, Ellis, fucking uh, uh, moving on with some chick and shit into the back room with uh, Elena's boyfriend. Fucking, Which I don't uh, understand. Like, why? Okay. I'm not going to say, like, there's ever, like, a good time or place to cheat. Because um, that's fucking horrible in the first place but if you absolutely must like why the fuck would you do it while you're literally on a fucking like train where like literally your girlfriend is on the same train like what the fuck like that has to be a kink that you have like i was like that's the only thing that makes sense to me is you're trying to get caught because otherwise like you're literally on a train like there is no way to really leave because it's dead of winter anyway there's really no way to leave. So, like, people are going to presumably walk up and down the train cars, like, whatever. What the fuck would you even try to do that for? Like, what is your, like, it's like fucking, it, I guess it's like jerking off with a belt around your neck. Like, I don't understand, man. Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Right, yeah. Like, it, it really makes no sense. So it's just like, maybe he has, like, a fucking thing where it's just like he wanted to get caught. Also, I think he's basically secretly in love with, uh, um, Elena's boyfriend and shit, uh, discount Bill Maher. Um, <laughs> he does look like Bill Maher. He does. It, like, he, he, he really does and shit to, to the point where it was like, I almost thought, like, when I first saw it, I was like, is that fucking Bill Maher? It really looks like this motherfucker. And it, was, it is not and shit, but it's just like, you know, like, if they made a movie back in the day and shit where Bill Maher had a brother, like, I wouldn't have seen it and shit, but that guy would have fucking. <laughs> Bill Moore sucks. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, but like that guy looks just like him and shit. And it's just like he—he's your—he's your best friend and shit to the to the point where uh, he knows Ellis is a fucking tr tremendous douchebag, and he still defends him to Elena. Where it's just like, um, wait, like he even snitches on him, like you know, where it's like. She, she, he told her like, oh, it was my idea, you know what I'm saying? So she would come because she, she, after that prank, 
she's like, I'm never going to one of Ellis's fucking parties or get togethers ever again. Fuck that guy. So in order to get her to come on this fucking uh, train party, uh, New Year's Eve train party, uh, he told her it was his idea. And then this motherfucker Ellis just goes like, oh, no, it was my idea. Like he just he just paid for it because he has the money. This was my idea. And it's just like you literally threw your best friend into an argument with his girl and shit. You know what I'm saying? You fucked that up for them. And then, like, he fucking ends up defending him anyway. Like, oh, he's my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. And then she's like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck him and shit. And then she walks off. And then it's like, oh, is, is, is she is she really mad? And he was like, yeah, she'll get over it. And so like, I don't think this time. Well, if she dumps you. You always have me. And I was like, you 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 want to fuck him, don't you? Like you, you got you, you're secretly in love with him. That's why you want him. To, you want her to dump him, and you want your girlfriend to dump you, so you guys could just be together and shit. Why don't you just guys just be together? It, it's it obviously the there's a, it was it was the, it was a time when they couldn't be they couldn't be out. They couldn't. They, it was very it was a very it was a different time. It was a different time, Rob. I I I, I guess so. I guess so and shit because it, it it makes no sense why this motherfucker would continue to be friends. With Ellis and shit, where Ellis is just sitting there, just basically trying to ruin his life, uh, uh, like just right in front of his eyes and shit, and he's just like, ah, you know, he's my friend, you know, whatever. I'd have been like, no, fuck you, dude, and shit. I'm sitting there dating Jamie Lee Curtis and shit. You want to fuck that up? Fuck you, bro. You know what I'm saying? You can go to hell. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but no, like he continues to be friends with him and shit. He continues to hang out with him and all that shit, even when like, like, like. He he snitches on him about the party, and then like like you said, actively uh, attempts to get him busted, cheating on fucking Elena, uh, with the girl and shit with the with the hands on her titties, um, which which is which is a weird costume because it's obviously fucking cold out there. Like when you see they arrive at the train, it is freezing fucking cold. You can see the breath coming out of their mouth. I mean, it's December thirty first, so yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It is freezing cold, and her costume is basically fucking uh, suspender pants pulled all the way up and shit. Um, no shirt, and she has a pair of uh, like fucking severed hands covering her boobies, and it's just like, like. That's that's a fantastic costume, honey. You know what I'm saying? And you fill those hands out great, but you're fucking cold. I know you're cold and shit. I don't care how warm that train is trying to make it, but you're cold and you're a fucking idiot for deciding that's going to be your costume. Um, but uh, discount I mean, Bill. To Mar- be fair, I have seen people on like, cause like, there's times where it's super cold, even like on Halloween. Um, especially like the town I grew up in where it's fucking snowing usually on Halloween. Um, and there is people who wear costumes that are like there is no way they aren't dying while they're wearing them. So it's like it's not like this is completely unrealistic. Like, I mean, sometimes you, you the, the whatever costume you have in mind, just because it's not seasonally appropriate doesn't actually mean anything. Like, I'm just saying, like it's it's like I mean, so like I can't I can't fault her for her choice. I just can't. I simply can't. Right, right. It's like it's like when you when you see like people doing the the Harley Quinn costumes and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're you're cold in that, my dear. You're you're very cold in that. You know what I'm saying? But God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> like another Thank thing you about the service. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Another thing about this movie is that this movie's fucking uh, obsessed with magic. 
Um, well, I mean, it does feature David fucking Copperfield. So, like, I mean... Right, right, right. And he gets, he gets ample fucking screen time and shit. Fucking just doing magic tricks. Like, the movie, like, it, 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 there's a killer on the board this train and it's killing people. But let's fucking stop for 15 minutes and shit so we can look at David Copperfield do magic. You I know mean, to saying? be fair, they are awesome tricks. And second of all, the thing I do think is hilarious, I didn't actually think about it, so you just said it, um, where it is uh, Ellis from Die Hard's party, apparently. Um, yeah. which would suggest that he booked that magician, uh, and yet he spends the whole goddamn movie jealously heckling that magician. I don't understand. <laughs> I want no, to understand. No, no. He did he didn't because like they, they bring that point up. It was like like, you know, uh like, oh, there's a magician. And he's like, We didn't book a magician. Oh, okay, uh, we, okay. I forgot. Okay. I, I, I think it, it was it was it was Kenny who who did that. Uh, uh okay, as, that makes sense. Yeah, as we'll find as we find out later, like the plot twist that um, David Copperfield's assistant is Kenny, um, uh, um, dressed up, you know what I'm saying, to to uh, uh to to hide out in, in plain view in front of the people while he's while he's going around killing everybody else, like. But that's the the question we need to ask is like, how does Kenny help David Copperfield perform all these magic tricks? And then just disappear and shit, so he can fucking murder somebody, and then come back, and, and put on his wig and his his beautiful gown, and help David Copperfield do the magic tricks. Like how how like he must have been a fucking magician himself and shit, because the way he's going back and forth between murdering people and then just being levitated by David Copperfield in the middle of the fucking train car and shit is just like amazing. Like like. Kenny was a real fucking magician in this train. <laughs> I mean, if we're being completely honest, like, if we're really, like, breaking it down, like, how much time does it take to walk around a fucking train? Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, it's like, I mean, yes, there's definitely, and also, like, I, okay, I'm not a magician, nor have I ever been a magician's assistant, but I can't imagine as a magician's assistant that you necessarily have that much to do. <laughs> like, so it's like, I feel like, well, the magician sets it up. That's kind of the perfect opportunity to go and fucking do a murder and then come back and then be levitated or whatever the fuck saw it in half. Whatever the fuck trick it like where you are needed, where there is two people needed for the trick. Like so, like I don't that doesn't suspend that doesn't test my suspension of disbelief personally. Like I I definitely think like there's time. There's time you can go and you can go have murders. It's not like the really elaborate murders. Like it's just like you go, you murder someone, you move on, you with their life. Like there's not like any big set pieces. It's all just basically like I followed this person into a thing, I killed that person, and then I'm gone. And then, like, then somebody finds that body. It's like oh my god, and that just keeps happening throughout the film. So like technically, right. I feel like that's 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 that's, that's fair. Like there's nothing. I, I I'm not at any point like it. It never shakes my suspension of disbelief. I'm like yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel. Something you just said is 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 something I wanted to bring up, and it was like, I feel like that's probably another reason why um, this this film, uh, well, like like I said, it does have its fans, uh, you know, um, it's it's not as well remembered as something like fucking Halloween and all that stuff is because, um, the the kills are not great and almost non-existent. Like people get murdered in here, but like. A lot of it happens off screen, um, like like even even the motherfucker that we want to see die and shit, his, uh, uh, Ellis, his fucking death happens off screen. 
Um, I, I do like it though, like when it happens and shit, because uh, uh, Kenny puts his hand on his shoulder and he thinks it's uh, it's Mitchie, and it was like, oh, they, it's all a practical joke. They're playing a joke on me, and then the fucking knife comes out to slit his throat, and he goes, Aah! and then it just cuts away, and it's just like. Like we don't see the murder happen and shit, but to hear him scream like a bitch and shit as he's about to die is 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 great and and hilarious and shit because you know we're so happy to see him die because he's such a piece of shit, you know. I like how like they they kind of try to make him almost simp almost almost sympathetic, like you know when they realize that everyone's being murdered and all that shit and him and fucking Elena partner up and shit like oh yeah. And like, but he locks them in the in the fucking back room and shit, where only the seniors are supposed to be. In. And she's like, "Oh, well, all our friends are out there. Like, he's gonna kill everybody." And it was like, "No, we're gonna stay in here." And she's like, "Fuck this, we're gonna help my friends." And then he locks her out for for leaving. And then like, you know, which is his own impending doom and shit, because then he gets fucking murdered anyway. Um, and then it's just like, like for a brief second, they was like, "Oh, maybe he he will turn out to be." Uh, a, a good dude and shit, like you know, redeem himself. No, he remains a piece of shit all the way till the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So fuck him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we do see his severed head later. So, th- so there's like you know, nice bit of uh, I guess gore right there and shit. But like, yeah, it's like, like th- it's almost like gore, like completely utterly goreless and shit. Well, there is the dude also the the first murder victim who gets run over by the train. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but also the thing is, like, it was released in 1980, so it's, like, it's in the wake of, like, Halloween, but, like, as we kind of talked about before, there was, like, this kind of, like, it wasn't until, like, the mid-80s that kind of, it was all kind of, like, locked in, like, what a slasher was. Um, the early 80s it was kind of the Wild West, because it was kind of, like, everybody kind of did, like, like this came out the same year as Prom Night came out the same year as Friday the 13th. They're mm-hmm. very different movies. They're very yeah. different approach to gore, very different approach to suspense, like whatever. So it's like, it's definitely, I would say this is closer to where they wanted to be, like where things ended up. Because um, it's like, it's definitely harder core than like Prom Night. Yeah. But it's like, it's not as hardcore as like Friday the 13th. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of during the era where they're kind of figuring it out. Uh, especially because, like, until, like, the, like, I would say after, like, Tom Savini kind of got, like, to, be, to become Tom Savini, essentially, um, was, like, after Friday the 13th. That's, that was kind of, like, what kind of changed the, the, the language, like, the cinematic language and, like, syntax and everything of horror because then it was, like, oh, that's what we can do. Whereas I think this was, this was, this existed at the time, or at least it was made at the time, when they didn't have any idea what the fuck they could do, really. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, hey, like, we want to do, like, this fucking, like, Halloween ripoff, like, let's be honest. But, like, they didn't have anything to kind of differentiate themselves other than changing the setting. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they definitely was probably just, like, starting to trying to figure themselves out. It's like, how could we do Halloween but different? You know, and that's basically this and prom night, whereas uh, um, fucking Sean Cunningham with uh, Friday the 13th was like, we'll just do Halloween, but we'll just add blood and guts to it. And then, like, you know, they were off to the races from there. I also say, like, probably uh, Maniac helped a lot. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, definitely Tom Savini's work in general, because like Tom Savini 
because he was the guy who went to Nam and came back with like what Gore actually looked like. Like that's kind of what changed the game. As I'm saying, like things like this didn't have that yet because nobody, it didn't even occur to anybody because at the time you didn't, it, like Savini was the only one, like everybody kind of followed in Savini's footsteps because most people hadn't been to Nam and therefore hadn't created gore like that because they didn't really know what it was. Um, so it's like, this was kind of in that time where gore wasn't really a thing. So like they just kind of like did some blood and they kind of put gore where they could, but like it wasn't impressive because they didn't have that capacity. Like there were just nobody, it didn't occur to anybody. I feel like, like it was just like nobody really experienced the horrors of war. And so like, it was whatever until Tom Savini like was like, not only do I know what war looks like, I know how to fucking make that again in effects form. Like I know how to like translate that to film. And then that was its own thing. Like this was before that was a thing. So it's like, I feel like that kind of definitely is a factor into why it is the way it is. But I, I still, as I said, I would still say, it's more hardcore than like prom night of like in terms of the things that were trying to rip off Halloween, like this is trying to go, even though I don't think, I mean, I guess this goes a little bit further than Halloween, but I wouldn't say it goes like as hard. Cause I feel like there's a realism to Halloween that separate, that that kind of sets it apart from this. Mm. Um, But I do think that they're doing their best to like kind of push what Carpenter did further, which I do think they can be applauded for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was almost like uh like a tier thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like Halloween, prom night, this, and then Friday the 13th, and then it was just like then just the blood and guts came by the bucket load and shit for the for the rest of like the genre. You know, you look at 1981 the the, the very next year and shit and then it was all just you had like what like over 30 slasher movies in total that came out in uh 1981 and shit and it was all just blood and guts in them and all that shit like even halloween 2 and shit where it was just like halloween 1 was relatively bloodless and then uh, by the time halloween 2 came around they said they realized what the fans want and shit so they just put ample amounts of uh blood and guts in that one uh so it's, it's like yeah it's, like, it's almost like a like you, you could watch the evolution of uh slasher movies from from 1978 to 1980 and shit like like how it happened you know but um i i will say like out of out of those three that came out in 1980s and shit this is probably the visually the best one um because uh like the well roger's possible he was i think he was like an apprentice to uh uh if i'm Walter not Walter hill i think yeah, like Walter Hill, Sam Peckinpah, you know what I'm saying? So so he, he knew what he was doing, like, you know what I'm saying, as a director and shit. He was probably uh, the, the best director to, to come on to, like, a, a slasher movie since fucking Carpenter. Because, uh, like, as as I've already made known and shit, I, I think Sean Cunningham is not a, not a good filmmaker at all. Um, <laughs> well, we'll eventually get to Friday the 13th and shit, but uh, I'm already playing my hand and shit. You already know, as people already know and shit, uh, I'm not going to have that many positive things to say about Friday the 13th. Other than I mean, I, I, okay. I mean, we're going to get there. But like, I was going to say, like, my whole thing was like, Friday the 13th, I used to not like it all. And now I like, I would, I would still wouldn't say it's like the top tier or anything of that franchise. But like, I, I think it's, I like, I think I like it better than you. <laughs> like, basically, like what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. You definitely like it better than me. <laughs> um, because I'm just like, ugh. 
You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, like th- th- this movie is fucking great, great to look at. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a lot of like, um, visually arresting scenes. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially like the way he shoots it on a train car. You know what I'm saying? Where it's dark, but it's not too dark. Where, where you can't see. Well, there there are moments where it's just like, okay, what the fuck is going on there and shit. But like, they get out of that pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it creates great atmosphere on on his train and all that stuff and all that. And uh, I, I like the fact that they use a lot of handheld camera work. It makes it feel like a DOS boot. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the times and shit, the way it's moving back and forth. But, like, I mean, obviously, they probably had no choice in shit because there's not a lot of room on them fucking trains. Um, I've actually taken a fucking uh, train ride like that. Um, when when I was a kid and shit, we went to Florida. And instead of flying there, we took a train there and shit. So we spent, like, fucking, I think, two days on the fucking train. Uh, and, like, yeah, that, that shit is uh, cramped up in there. Um, so like they've basically they they definitely uh visualize that real great where it's just like you know it's not a lot of room to move you know it's almost like incredibly claustrophobic um and like you know you have to you have to you know find a way to make that look visually interesting you know what I'm saying because because it just you know what what the fuck are you gonna do you there's not a lot of room to do anything and shit but like he really found a way to just make it like just uh look really great visually you know what i'm saying like i, I really the way loved the way he shot this movie um the I, well, I would say is his cinematographer whose name is escaping me at the time because i didn't look at the fucking cast and crew credits before we decided to record this conversation and shit but it is what it is you know um but like yeah the movie looks fucking great and it's probably the best looking movie that that, that came out at that time you know what i'm saying I'm looking it up right now. One second. I have it. <laughs> John Alcott. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Alcott. Like, how the fuck could I forget that and shit? Man shot the... Uh, uh, didn't he shoot Kubrick movies? Yes, he did. Yeah. How the fuck did I forget that? Oh, <laughs> what you call it? But, like, yeah, this movie's goddamn beautiful to look at and shit. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I definitely think, like, it's definitely, like, the thing is, like, I... I um, because you like mentioned the beginning of it, like you're kind of like when you watch whatever. I remember I watched it because um they mentioned it in Scream, and therefore anything that was mentioned in Scream, I was just like, well, I have to now. I have to that this, this is my life now. So like this, like I had to find it and uh, watched it, and I did really like it. Um, and it's something that I've never forgotten. Like it always stuck with me. And I do think a big part of that is because of how it looks visually. Because I like, as we I've already pointed out, like there's not like particularly like. In interesting uh kills per se yeah um i guess the most interesting thing about the kills is like the costumes um like lizard man uh, i think it's a really cool costume and i think it's, <laughs> really, i think it's a real cool kill um he looks like one of the, the characters in uh, master of the universe um yeah. but um but no like so it's like i think the reason that it always kind of stuck with me was because it is so kind of interesting visually that like it's kind of hard to shake the images from it. Like um, it's kind of the same thing with Prom Night too, I guess to some extent, because Prom Night's also a very good looking movie, yeah. um, even though I have different feelings about that. Um, but um, but no, but Terror Train, like that thing is like I think um, the thing that does really well is because I mean I definitely I can argue that it's slow, and I definitely think there is parts of it that are, um, but also it's like for what it is. I think it's very strong. Like, especially because, like, if you consider it's like a fucking no budget Canadian Halloween ripoff, 
Like the fact that it's as well remembered. Cause I mean, you, you, like you said, like you kind of took the piss out of it being classic, but I'm like, the way I would kind of think of it is, um, I know that, um, actually movie came out the same year, uh, Carpenter's the fog. Yeah. Uh, he often talks about how, uh, the fog is a minor horror classic. And I was, I guess that's kind of the same thing I feel about terror train where it's like, it has this kind of like, there's just, there's something about it where it's not necessarily anything special about it on a like filmic level, but because it's so well shot and so well realized, it's still something that like is worth a look at. And I do feel people still look at it. Like, I mean, I definitely feel like if you're not like a super horror nerd, you're probably not going to care one way or another. Like it's cause it's definitely going to probably bore the shit out of you. But like, I do think it's, interesting enough visually is also it's weird enough because as we like mentioned the whole magic element <laughs> like not a lot of <laughs> movies like this use uh a magic at all and b real magicians doing magic on camera um so there's enough about it that kind of sets it apart like from just being like another halloween ripoff um so yeah so like i do think like the visuals are kind of like what keeps you. Cause like, I mean, like to this day, like I still will always like, cause it's like the way that you know, the, the, the darkness of the train, I was like, but the way it's lit is kind of the reason that makes it work in a lot of ways right. is because it like, it's, it's so dark when it needs to be. And it's light enough when it needs to be. But like all of that is stuff that plays into you subconsciously, the way you're looking at it. Um, and the way they're telling their story. So like, I, th I think that, that it, it kind of makes it feel like, and I don't know, I can't speak for Spottiswood, but like that does kind of make it feel like it was more than a cash grab. Like of just like ripping off Halloween. Like it feels like its own thing, right. which I think is cool. Like it's like he, like he was trying to make something like that was like an actually like good horror film that could stand alongside Halloween. I mean, nobody knew Halloween was going to turn out to be like the fucking what it became. Um, but yeah, so like I think that like Spottiswood did a fucking brilliant job directing it, and John Alcott shot the shit out of it. Like it's just like it's just that's the best thing that has going for it. I mean, the cast is also cool because I mean, like obviously Jimmy Lee is always a delight, and uh, Hart Faulkner uh, playing a douchebag uh, <laughs> yet again. Well, I think it's funny. It's like the things that I think about when I think of Hart Faulkner. I always forget he's in this, but I always remember obviously Die Hard and Batman: Mask of the Phantasm both of which he is a huge douche. And I'm just like, that poor man. I don't know what he's like in real life, but he needs to play anything else. Like, <laughs> and like, <laughs> the, the uh, Bill Barr's not brother. Uh, I know from something, I don't know what, but he is like, rememberable. I forgot Vanity was it, but Vanity is always a delight. I love Vanity. I've always loved Vanity since I was a small child. Mm -hmm. So it's like, <laughs> there definitely yeah. are things going for it, I think. No, no, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why the, I've always appreciated it. It's, it's, it's like what you just said. Um, you, you feel like Roger Spottis wasn't comfortable just doing a run-of-the-mill slasher movie. So it's just like, if, I, if I'm going to make this, it's, it's going to be, like, one of the best damn movies I possibly could make out of this, like, you know. Because, like, this was, this was like, like we said, uh, this was at a time where the, the genre was finding itself. Like, it, like they, they didn't necessarily know uh, it, it was, you know, this was going to turn into, like, this huge, like, genre, like, popular genre of movies. Like, uh, like how we talked about how, like, 
uh, Roger Ebert like was constantly shitting on like where he liked Halloween, but like everything after that it was like, oh, this is terrible, this is horrible. Well, you know what I'm saying, but like I, I remember uh, somebody posted a video on Twitter and shit where it's just like, you know, he eventually figured it out that it was just like, well, people like these movies and it's just like there's an artistry to these movies, and you know, I, I appreciate that, you know what I'm saying, but also they're not for me. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I respect, like, because I remember reading a review, uh, I forget, maybe it was Halloween 2 or Friday the 13th Part 2, because I have one of his old um, uh, books and shit, like, of movie reviews, and he was just like, you know, he called them the dead teenager movies. And he was just like, oh, there, there's, you know, the the point of these movies are not to just, uh, you know, take you, you know, g- grab you with suspenseful scenes, but to mortify you with scenes of blood and gore, you know, saying that's why he hated them. But then, like, he, he came around where he was just like, you know, like, no, there's an artistry to these movies, you know what I'm saying, where the, the, the people who watch are not necessarily, like, you know, excited about people getting killed, but, like, you know, they're enamored with the way the makeup effects are done, you know what I'm saying, and the way, like, you know, uh, like it's all edited together, you know what I'm saying? Like the way it's captured, you know, um, visually. He says, so like, I, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that, that, that's great. You know what I'm saying? There's an artistry to it and it's, it's, it's okay. But like, you know, these movies are just not for me. And, you know, and you, you got to appreciate a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I wonder how, like, I, I didn't, I, I got to look at that book cause I still have it. Because I don't recall if he actually reviews Terror Train in there, but I wonder how he felt about that, you know what I'm saying, by having like someone actually, like, you know, probably the first filmmaker. I mean, I'm not saying like at that time and shit, like these guys weren't taking these movies seriously. Like, you know, there, there definitely were a bunch of filmmakers who were making slasher movies back in those days where it was just like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? The teenagers get killed, you know, show the blood, let the girls show their boobies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, make sure it's 90 minutes and we're out. But like, you know, there are guys like Carpenter um, and Spotters Wood and shit. And like we talked about with uh, Tom McLaughlin on uh, Friday 13 Part 6, where it's just like they they took the material and was just like, oh, we're, we're going to make one of these movies. We're going to make like the best version of this movie we possibly could but with the exception of carpenter because he didn't know he was making basically the blueprint for these movies you know what i'm saying um also like you could you could go back to bob clark with uh black yeah. christmas yeah. you know where it's just like oh we're making th- this movie like you know and they're professionals and shit and they're gonna do like the best damn version of this kind of movie they possibly could and uh like yeah i i, I think um as far as like you know like you said minor classic but as far as like visually like you know what i'm saying like cinematography and directing and all that stuff and editing because i I did want to mention like about the editing like i love the opening sequence where like it all comes to a head where uh kenny realizes it's a cadaver and like he starts fucking you know just going crazy and like the way it's intercut between um Jamie Lee fucking like what the fuck is happening and it goes back and forth with him like you know uh spinning in a circle while he's screaming and she's like what's happening you know and it goes like I I love the way that that scene is edited so like yeah the editing uh the, the no, cinematography it's, it's, yeah it's, it's super well made like it's like from yeah. like from like a technical standpoint it is super well made yeah 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 and I I think it's probably like when it, when it comes to like just 
on a technical level, this is definitely one of the, the best slashers out there. You know and I'm saying, like, like just like, and especially being that early in the genre. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like the, the the only real good one up to the, up to that point was fucking uh, well, good ones was a uh, Black Christmas, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, Halloween. And then but they're all super, those are also super different films. I think is like that's the yeah. other thing is like, um, and that's what I was, that's what I was saying like the like when it was like the Wild West. I think is like because that was like, kind of my whole thing because the Ebert thing. Um, I think the thing I always thought was funny was um, with the way they were kind of approaching like slasher films was kind of like um, you're comparing it to not other slasher films. You're comparing it to like the best films I've ever made. Like yeah. you're like you're comparing. Friday the 13th to like Gone with the Wind. And I was like, that's an unfair comparison. Like, it's just like, it's like you have to judge it on its own merits. And I feel like they eventually kind of got there. And I feel like that's definitely a thing with criticism today, where like things just kind of get judges their own thing. That's why there's like horror critics or whatever. Um, yeah. But like, that's kind of my whole thing with like this, kind of being in the Wild West of it, is um, was, I like to, uh, also to your point, like it was like they just kind of made the best movies they could make. Like, it was just like there wasn't anything that was making, they were like making things just for the hell of it, and there wasn't, like, a blueprint like there was later on. They just kind of, like, whatever. They were just, like, just making the movie, which is also why I think that some of these are the more interesting ones. Because um, as much as I love... Because it's also why I think that even today um, you can tell the ones where they're, like, really kind of stepping outside and doing something different, and those are the reasons that those that go off and hit and become iconic. Like, Scream is a perfect example of, yeah. like... Yeah, there was the blueprint at that point, but since the genre was dead, they were kind of reinventing it from the ground up. And they were using the tropes, but they were also doing their own thing completely. So we kind of did the same thing that like Halloween did. And like this, like it kind of went back to the 80s in a lot of ways, in the terms of like it wasn't just working from making something you've seen 10,000 times, but instead taking that like basic structure and just doing something completely different with it. And that's the thing is like that this had where it was just like you took the basic structure that would become like the slasher structure that you kind of lifted from uh, Black Christmas and Halloween, but you did your own thing with it. And that's what makes it interesting. And that's what makes it stand up. And that's the reason it still exists. Like this thing is like there are tons of movies from that era. Like you mentioned all the movies that came out in 1981. I'm like, I don't even know if I could tell you five or ten of them. Like off the top of my head, like I mean, if you, if you like gave me a list, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But like off the top of my head, I don't think I could name more than like five or ten. Um, whereas like Terror Train, I always think of because it, it always stuck with me because it is its own thing. Like it's like it is very much its own, like taking this kind of classic Hitchcockian thing and bringing it into you at the time with like the modern age. Um, was really cool because you mentioned like because I mean Alcott obviously worked with Kubrick and that's that's the thing is like kind of what Kubrick was doing at the same time was like The Shining so it's Mm -hmm. like in the end like it was kind of like it was a weird time for horror it was an awesome time for horror because it was like you had people that were actually interested in filmmakers going into horror and doing interesting things with it and that's why I think this era kind of gets it does it did kind of it still has a foothold like it's still there like it's still present because it was just like it was a different time that they didn't even like it was it was the wild west they just kind of like it was just really good like or at least good filmmakers 
doing kind of their own takes on stuff that they grew up on, like whether it be Hitchcock or whatever. And you got something really interesting out of it. Like this is one of those examples where you got something, it's like, I know it's it's like a minor horror classic, but it's still something that it's, the fact that you can say classic at all is interesting. It is impressive, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. 100% agree. Damn, like uh, Patrick put that so beautifully. Is like I don't, I don't even have anything else to say other than like I, I one hundred percent agree with everything he said. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and now it is time for my pick, which actually I did select uh, long before our most recent Twitter blowout regarding this film, but. Uh, the fact that this Twitter blowout happened is why there was a cliffhanger at the end of our Halloween episode where we were like, we're not sure if we're taking a break yet. Um, but then when the, the blowout happened on the Twitter, I was like, no, 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 we have to do the fucking New Year's Eve episode. Because, like, I needed to talk about this film. And that film is End of Days. Uh, Peter Hyams, I almost said John Hyams, uh, End of Days. <laughs> um, which I... I feel like I'm probably going to get shit for this statement, but whatever. Um, I, and I'm not shitting on other films he has made, such as The Last Stand, because I like those movies. But I would say it is the last, to me, the last great Arnold movie. Oh, yeah. Like, because it's agree. very, and it's also very much, like, up my alley of in terms of being very, like, horror-oriented while also being an action film. Um but uh, but yeah, like I to me, it's like the last time you had Arnold still being Arnold. Like it was because like, because like, within a matter of years after that, like he was still doing movies, but like he couldn't really move the same. Like granted, this was kind of the downturn like, when he started to like you could definitely tell he wasn't moving the same. But like this was kind of like the last moment where he still felt like the Arnold of old, where he was like the action hero. Because I, I touched on in the Predator episode, but like when I was a kid, Arnold was my fucking hero. Yeah. I love Arnold so much. So it's like this was kind of like the last gasp of like awesomeness in his like in his body. But I am so glad that we got what we got because I think End of Days is legitimately awesome. Like I'm not even like being like people like think that you're being ironic. Like when you're talking about like a movie like this, I'm fucking not. I think irony is gross. Um for me, I think End of Days is fucking awesome. Like, granted, yes, a part of it is that it came out exactly at the right time for me, where it was like, because it came out in 99, obviously, if you've seen the film, because um, they make that real clear. Um, but, like, oh, yeah. it was, it's very much like a movie that is, like, drenched in, like, this very, it's very, it's like a horror, there's a horror aspect to it, there's the action aspect to it. There's, like, metal on the soundtrack. Like, it's just, like, all kinds of just, like, stuff that all together just makes me happy. It's always made me super happy. Like, so it's, like, whenever I talk about this movie, I get very excited because I legitimately do think it is awesome. Like, I think End of Days is fucking awesome. Like, people can like it ironically. That's fine. People can dislike it, like, uh, Four Crazy Cats, and, like, that's fine. I think that you're abject. I just think you're wrong. Um, you're just, <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're bad people. But that's fine. That's 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 you're making your own choices in life, and you're you're gonna go to hell, and that's fine. That's your that's that's what's happening to you. End of days is awesome. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, shout out to four crazy cats. Uh, um, yeah, because 
we had discussed this uh doing this as our new year's eve episode um like right around the time when we started the show like you know we were planning the episodes out and it was like we should do terror train and end of days and and you know um but then we did the christmas episode and i was just like ah like you know uh we could we could end it right there like you know just take the break for you know like a little holiday break and that'd be fine but then that twitter scrap happened and shit and then patrick was like oh no we have to do the new year's eve episode we have to do end of days and i'm just like all right let's do it you know what i'm saying I, I like that, you know, say like um, it, it, it was hilarious that it happened that way because um, I, I remember uh, that happened on a, uh, I was working and I remember seeing that, that that post and then like, you know, I checked later and shit after I took a break and it was just like so many like just this whole thread of like, like what the fuck happened while I was gone? You know what I'm saying? It was like twenty something tweets and shit, and and then that whole span of when I first looked at it to when I came back to it. Like, I, I like I liked how even Mike came into it for for a break. It was like, are we really fucking scrapping over end of days? And it's like, no, no, we're just having fun and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, you know. But uh, something you said just now about it being um, Arnold's last great movie. I, I, hilarious enough, on December 26, 2011, I posted on Facebook, and this is what I said, I have to say, after watching it for the first time from beginning to end in years, that End of Days is the last great Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in his long and storied career. December 26, 2011, I posted that. Um, and, and I agree. Although I do really, I, I do really love uh, Sabotage. No, uh, I, there, I I definitely think he still made good movies afterwards, and I think he's still giving good performances. Like even though I don't love Terminator Genesis, I do think he's very good in it. Like I yeah. think that there is like there is things that he, I I don't I to this day I still like Schwarzenegger. Like when I still see Schwarzenegger or something, I'm happy. I'm just saying like as far as like his career, I was if you look at his trajectory, I feel like this is the last great one personally. Yeah, no, no, no. I I I 100% agree. And I, I, I like that uh, um, that he he took he took a, a risk with this film um, as far as uh, character performance wise, because you know Arnold by this point in his career was known as like a like a wholesome uh, image guy you know played a lot of like um, good guys like you know fathers and all that stuff like you know kindergarten cop you know doing a lot of family kind of stuff. And this was like the first kind of role where he plays like a down and out kind of character. Um, like he's basically playing Martin Riggs in this movie, you know, uh, alcoholic, burnt out, suicidal cop. Well, he's not a cop. He's like a sec- uh, basically former uh, cop. Yeah. Yeah. He's now he's a, a security guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he works. Security. In, yeah. He works in like protection detail, you know, that yeah. stuff. And I remember. Um, there were reviews out there who were kind of like criticizing that. And it was like, oh, like, you know, uh, you know, to have a character like that is not original and all that stuff. And like, it should have been like, they like, they were comparing it to Fallen, um, movie, uh, Denzel Washington movie. Um, but it's like, you know, Denzel's playing a family man in there, you know what I'm saying? Why couldn't it? Well, he, here's the thing we've seen Arnold play a family man, you know what I'm saying? 
like like the original thing is watching Arnold play this kind of character, which we've never seen him do before. Like you know that that opening, like you know when we're first introduced to him, he's he's trying to commit suicide. You know he literally puts a gun to his head like in his first scene in the movie, and I think he's fucking great. You know what I'm saying? Like like he's absolutely. It takes fucking a really great. good performance, which is funny because you don't often get that from him. And I, and I love his work. But like it's true. I think there's actually a good performance. Like he actually is a good actor in this movie. Like I was like I don't. I mean like yes, he's still Arnold. So like <laughs> yes, he still has the accent that he refuses to lose and will not in any point. So it's like yes, he's an Austrian man that just happens to be in New York at the turn of the century. That's fine. But like right. he definitely, I think he actually is a good. It's it's one of the best performances he ever gave. No, yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, and you know that's why I was saying it was a risk because. Arnold, is like, a lot of people don't give credit for how smart he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, in early performances, he plays to his strengths. You know what I'm saying? Like, Arnold is is smart enough to know that, well, especially at that time, um, like, early in his career, that he wasn't the best actor. Um, So, like, he'll play to his strengths, which is why, you know, a lot of his performances are good in, like, Stuff like Commando and shit, because you know he he knows how to portray like you know this kind of silent, um, you know, uh, killing machine. Uh, you know he does his puns, you know that stuff, and, and he made a name for himself like that. So this was like the first time he actually stepped out of that box where it was just like he's actually gonna play like you know uh, heavily emotional uh, character, you know, himself dealing with a lot of heavy stuff. You know, like with the death of his family, you know what I'm saying? He's attempting to commit suicide, you know what I'm saying? And having questions of faith in the movie. And, like, he, he he's really great at that. You know, he's really great at that. You know, obviously, you know, this was, like, the, the, the starting point that led to him doing stuff like Maggie and Aftermath. And, you know, he and he's great in those fucking movies, too, and shit. And I, and I feel like he wouldn't have gotten to that point if he hadn't taken a risk with End of Days, you know? So, like, you know, you got to give credit to him for that. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know, I'm tired of playing fucking, you know, pun heavy. Like, you know, guys, I, like, I want to take a risk here. And, and he really did um, excel at it. But uh, I, I wanted to go back and when this first movie came out, like, I was incredibly excited for it. Um, You know what I'm saying? Because this was essentially his, quote unquote, comeback movie. Um. Because uh, not like you, you know, he had the the heart problems. You know, what I'm saying he had to replace a heart valve um, operation and all that stuff, and that was a scary thing. Um, so he was out of movies for a little bit. <clears throat> also, you have to add that uh, his last movie before this was uh, Batman and Robin. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, the the nineties were f- filled with peaks and valleys for Schwarzenegger because <laughs> yeah, he started the decade off with a bang. You know, uh, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Terminator Two. <laughs> I uh, that was the third one you got to, <laughs> like the most iconic one. You're just like, oh yeah, there was also Terminator Two. That was also there. He did that as well. No, you get you have to end it like you know, uh, uh, last but like you know the, the greatest. You know what I'm saying, Terminator Two. Um, like you know, what I'm saying so. Like the '90s started with a with a with a bang for him, and then of course uh, after that he had uh, Last Action Hero, which unfortunately was a bomb, which always disappoints me and shit because that's one of his best movies. If it, um, oh no, it is awesome, but I completely get why it bombed because that was like it was released at the exact wrong time. Like I feel like if they released it like 
three years later, it actually probably would have been successful. But, like, it was the time before, like, Pulp Fiction and, like, referencing and, like, whatever. Like, so it kind of was ahead of its time, and that fucked it. And also the fact that they released it against Jurassic Park fucked it real hard. So, like, there was a lot of things against that movie, but the movie is... I, it was funny, because, like, I always liked it, and then, like, um... I rewatched it in the last couple of years and I was like, oh no, this is actually great. Like, I was just like, I was like, I mean, I liked this, but this is actually great. Like, I was just like, I was genuinely shocked that I was just like, this is actually very good. Like, it was like, and I heard people comment about how like, oh, like Shane Black, they're making fun of Shane Black, but Shane Black wrote the script. I'm like, yes. And Shane Black had no problem making fun of himself. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, that whole scene where uh, he, as Jack Slater, is talking about, um, you know, like how screenwriters do characters uh, dirty. You know, they, they, they give them, you know, they kill off their child and all stuff. He said, but you're fictional, so who cares? That is a, a, a fantastic scene, you know what I'm saying, when you, when you really think about it. Um, and, like, yeah, that whole movie's great, you know, that stuff, and, and it bombed. And like, like I remember reading his book, uh, and he said like he felt like that was uh, the beginning of the end of his film career, where it was just like you know it was all downhill from there. Uh, he rebounded with True Lies, which was a big hit for him, and then uh, then he followed it up with Junior, which to this day I have not seen. I will never watch that movie ever in my life. Uh, I, I've seen it, and it, it it's it's quite possibly the worst film of his career. Nope, uh, I'm I, not. I, I don't. I, I can tell that based on the commercials I saw as a child. I'm fine. I, I think Junior is a terrible film, um, but like you know, he was reuniting with uh, Danny DeVito and Ivan Reitman. So I, 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 you know, he's playing a pregnant man. So I, I can see why it appealed to him because you know, like 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 I said, like one thing um, I've always appreciated about Arnold was that he never took himself seriously as as many as his peers did. You know, he wasn't above making fun of himself or putting himself in situations where it was just like, um, you know, like, yeah, let's just take the piss out of myself. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, no, the, you went far off the deep. You you got up on the wrong floor there, Arnold. Um, Junior, Junior was not it. Was not it at all. Um, and then he had a racer after that. And the racer was good. But then uh, came Batman and Robin, which I, which I really think was like the death nail for him. Because uh, Batman and Robin was a disaster. I mean, to be um, fair, I don't think that that's really on him. I feel like that they always kind of like, and rightly so, it always, always it was kind of laid at uh, Schumacher's feet. Um, I don't feel like anyone involved in that movie really took that much of a hit as much as Schumacher did. Like, because it was Schumacher became a punchline, but like I don't think I mean like Schwarzenegger. I feel like people kind of ironically uh, came around to like enjoying what he was doing with all the stupid ice puns and everything. Yeah, granted. It drives me fucking insane because Mr. Freeze is one of my favorite goddamn characters. So the fact they turned him into Ice Pun Man really infuriates me. And it infuriated me then. It infuriates me now. I fucking hate that movie on every possible level. I have friends who are like, it's good, actually. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> but I don't blame him for it at all. Like, I was just like, I completely get why. Especially at that time. It was the same thing as like George Clooney had said, like, um, why he signed on to be Batman. Where he was just like... Anyone can play Batman and be cool at this point. Like you put Abe Bogota in the suit and be cool, and it was mm. kind of. I, I thought that was the same thing with Schwarzenegger. Where Schwarzenegger was like, "If I can play this Batman movie, of course, like I'll be, I'll be like Nicholson and like whatever." And like, what, but like, yes, it didn't pan out because it would be sucked. But I feel like everybody that started it 
kind of got an asterisk because they were like, well, this is this is Joel Schumacher's fault. <laughs> this isn't this isn't their fault. This is Schumacher. And I'm just like, so I don't think that hurt him as much as like it could have. Um it was mostly, I guess, just like the heart attack that kind of put him out of commission for like a hot yeah. minute that really kind of slowed his momentum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't even like really think it was Schumacher's fault. I think it was just Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers has shown that they, 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 they really don't under fucking uh, understand their fucking uh, DC properties and shit. And it's just like, hey, do this, do that, and then when it all goes to shit, it was like, a, I don't know what the fuck happened there. It was like, yeah. Um, but like Schwarzenegger and I would say Uma Thurman and Batman and Robin are the ones who really understood the assignment. You know, they 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 knew what they were playing and shit, and they were playing it up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Clooney, obviously, you watch that movie; it's, he doesn't fucking care. Um, and I, I feel like Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone were at least trying to take it seriously, and it was just like, yeah, this wasn't the movie to do that. Um, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I mean, yeah. to, to Clooney, the, the only thing I will say for Clooney is I don't know if he didn't care or as much as if you really break down what Batman and Robin is, it is a fucking hundred something million dollar version of the 66 TV show. Yeah. Which if we're being, if you're looking at it through that lens, the whole thing that Adam West did was he did the, like the same thing, like whatever, um, that Clooney did where he just, whether he was in the suit or not, it was the exact same performance which mm-hmm. I think it clashes because the whole thing that Keaton kind of pioneered um, was the whole thing of the two different personas. Like he's a different performance when he's in Batman or he's a different performance when he's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that this was kind of swinging back in that direction, I think was, it, it looks bad for Clooney. But I don't think that it's Clooney's fault. I think it's just that they were they were going for sixty six Batman, and in that sense, Clooney did understand the assignment. It's just that the assignment sucked. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you definitely, definitely. But um, like, yeah. Then then he had his heart issues, and that put him out of commission for for two years. And then he decided to to come back with this project. It, it should also be noted that um. Uh, this film was going to be the directorial debut, uh, feature directorial debut of Marcus Nispel, um, who was actually uh, good friends with uh, Arnold. Uh, uh, there's a funny story when um, uh, I think when he was shooting, Marcus Nispel was shooting uh, Pathfinder, where uh, Arnold had called just the, the the set like just to talk to him, you know, what I'm saying because they're friends, and the the production assistant who picked up. Uh, didn't believe it that that was Arnold. I was like, this fucking guy. And it's like, like he goes to him. It's like, um, uh, there's this guy on the phone pretending to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Marcus Nispel was like, like, give me the phone. It's like, hey Arnold, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, I'd love to talk to you now, but I'm busy shooting this movie and doing that stuff and shit. And then when the production assistant realized it was Arnold on the phone, he was terrified. Uh, and like he put him back on the phone and it was like uh don't worry about it uh, and we would love you know we love to, to have you in the great state of california you know saying whenever you come to visit <laughs> you know as a way of saying like it's fine buddy you know what i'm saying it's just like i can just like just imagine being that production assistant where you were just like oh yeah arnold schwarzenegger yeah get the fuck out of here dude you know what i'm saying <laughs> 
it's like, oh shit, I was really talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I, I said he was a fucking liar. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not like you'd never heard anyone do a Arnold Schwarzenegger impression before. So, like, I get it. I, I, I don't know that I would instantly believe it either. No. Um, but I do think, because um, actually, the three people who I guess were like the original uh, people that are going to direct it were, as you mentioned, Nispel. I do think Nispel could have done a good job. Because I do think, um, like, a couple years after this, he did the Texas Chainsaw remake, which actually I still really yeah. like. Um, but actually, the people that apparently turned down the job, I'm like, holy fuck, they could have knocked it out of the fucking park. Oh, yeah. Um, no one would talk shit. Um, were Sam Raimi and Guillermo del Toro. And I don't know exactly which thing del Toro did instead, because like, if you look at the timeline, like, the next thing that he did um, would have been... Um, Devil's, Devil's Backbone, backbone. Uh, but that was like two years later, so I don't know how long it took to prep Devil's Backbone. Uh, I do think Raimi instead did uh, For Love of the Game, <laughs> and he made mm-hmm. a big fucking mistake in my feeling. I was like, to see if, if I've to this day, that is the only Sam movie I have not seen, and I don't care if I ever see because I don't care about baseball, I don't care about Kevin Costner, I only care about Sam Raimi, and that's not enough reason for me to check this movie out. But um, I do think Sam Raimi doing this movie would have been fucking amazing, which isn't anything, it isn't a slight of Peter Hyams at all, because I actually think Peter Hyams did a very good job, despite the fact that Schwarzenegger's going to talk to you about him in recent years. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Job he did. But um, I do think um, Peter Hyams did a good job, but I think Sam Raimi could have fucking annihilated, like, with this movie. Like, I think that this would have been fucking incredible under his fucking lens, but whatever. It's, it's just nice to think about it. Yeah, that, that 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 is one because you know, I mean, it was Sam was at the, that that time in his career where it was like he was trying to get away from, uh, like his usual style of film. You know what I'm saying? Because people had pegged him as like a weird movie guy, and like you know, he was just like you know, no, I could do, I could I could do like other serious stuff too because you know, the year before he had did a simple plan, which is fucking great, yeah. and um. Like yeah, he did for the love of the game, and you know, so that's just like you know, whatever. Um, I mean, I I I actually do like Kevin Costner as an actor, so I can't agree with you there. Um, I don't. I, I I I'm not saying I dislike him. I have I don't I just don't have any strong feelings one way or another. Like I was just like I liked Robin Hood as a child. There's things that I like him in, but like as like an actor, I've never like. There's never been once in my life have I ever been like, oh, Kevin Costner is in this. I must see it. That is never a thought that's ever occurred to me in my life. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I feel you. I feel you. Um, but yeah, that that would have been interesting to see, like what either of those two could have done, like especially Raimi. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like how he would have done that stuff. But I, I, I guess like he was just like trying to step away from that. Like, you know, if he would have done it, it would have been like, oh, he's he's going going back to his roots, doing like you know possession type movie. And he was probably I, I don't want to do that right now. Um, uh, Del Toro as well, like you know, what I'm saying, like, I could imagine Del Toro probably would have pushed for uh, more practical effects, you know, what I'm saying, I could imagine him trying to do like uh, when 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 uh, Satan finally does show up in his actual form as like you know, giant demon looking winged creature, shit. um, he would have pushed for that to have been like some actual, like you know, practical thing because you know, Del Toro is really into that kind of stuff. So like uh, I, I I am curious how either of those two movies would have worked out, but like yeah, um, I have no problem with uh, Hyams' work on this film. I know 
like like you mentioned, Arnold did. And it wasn't even that, like, his... Well, like... to be fair, though, I will say, the one asterisk I will put in front of this is I feel like anything that... If you look through what Schwarzenegger has said about any of his movies that didn't do particularly well, all of them he has talked to about the director. <laughs> like, for example, like, Red Heat. Like, uh, he, like, he was just like, it was like, well, maybe the audience wasn't ready for, like, a Russian hero. Or maybe the director just didn't do a good enough job. I'm like, sir, it was Walter fucking Hill. Like, sit the fuck down. <laughs> like, I right. need you to shut the fuck up. Right, right, right. Like, uh, like even going back to uh, the Running Man, because he he mentions that in his book as well. He like uh, when he was saying that, um, uh, you know, saying like because uh, they had uh, Andrew Davis going to work on it, and uh, Andrew Davis wasn't, I guess, working fast enough, so they fired him and they brought in uh, Paul Michael Glazer, uh, Starsky. Um, I didn't actually and, know that until years later. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't know it was, like, and I saw that name, but there's, like, Paul Michael Laser. Like, oh, okay. And then, like, later on, it was just, like, wait, it was fucking Starsky that directed Running Man? And mm-hmm. The Cutting Edge? What the yeah. fuck? I love that movie, by the way. Cutting I Edge. like that movie, too. I'm just saying. It's fucking weird. Right, right, right. Um, and Arnold has commented on it uh, in his book how um, he felt that... Uh, Paul Michael Glazer was the wrong director for that choice because Paul Mike, they hired him specifically because he um, directed a lot of episodes for TV, so they knew he could work fast. And that was Arnold's problem with that was that uh, like he he directed it like it was a TV show, like you know, and it's a it's a movie set in the future, so you know you have to have a kind of like a certain imagination. A level of creativity and he felt that Paul Michael Glazer didn't have it he said he just shot it like it was a regular TV show and that's why he feels like uh, Running Man doesn't really work um, with this his problem with uh, Hyams is that because uh, Hyams is his own cinematographer and is that he lit a lot of the scenes too dark and he was like you could you could barely see what the fuck is going on he said uh, so like you know that was his like yeah he wasn't the right guy for the job he said but he was recommended to us by James Cameron and it was like oh he would know so it was like I you know we trusted him and uh, he said, we probably should have you know what I'm saying <laughs> and it's like I mean, to be fair though I will say more than anything I think like I was like I think that the movie is well directed in general but yeah. I think actually the strongest thing it has going for it is I think visually it's fucking amazing it, it's like it's simultaneously really gritty and grimy and fucking gorgeous like it was like and that's a hard thing to pull off and i think hyams pulled it off really fucking well like it's just like it's a movie that like the thing is like lots of people say they want like a gritty like part like this whatever uh like a gritty movie like whatever and schwarzenegger got that and then talked shit about it i'm like no like people have tried and not been as successful as what hyams did you should be thanking him for this even if it didn't do as well as you wanted it to like I think he directed him to a very good performance and yeah. everything in that movie is fucking amazing to look at. Like, it's just like, cause I mean, yeah, the CGI or whatever, but like the fact that like everything that isn't, that, that is on that set is lit the way it is and like shot the way it is. It's just fucking gorgeous. Like it's like fucking Renaissance paintings brought to life. Like it is so fucking, I, I love the way it looks. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I also say I also got to say that um, he he did like a really good job of making L.A. look like New York because obviously uh, a lot of this was shot in L.A. Um, with like I I I guess like they probably shot like a week or two in New York and shit like for certain certain scenes. Um, 
so 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 like you know they could you know pass it off like you know they shot it all in new york um uh, as a new yorker like th- there are certain things that are obvious to me where it's just like yeah this is definitely fucking la like the the, the first big action sequence with the fucking helicopter and all that shit i'm like yo this is definitely la i could tell from the um the traffic lights and it's like yeah th- those are la traffic lights you know what I'm saying? Those are, and they definitely weren't having that fucking uh helicopter fucking down in the street in new york and shit motherfucking uh uh new york is uh um System would have been like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You're not saying that <laughs> ru- running a Huey between business uh, buildings and shit. LA is like, yeah, sure, come on, do that shit. You know, over here, like, you know, we don't care. New York would have been like, go fuck yourself. You know, what I'm saying, are you nuts? You know, but like, yeah, he did. He he really did a uh, great job making me almost believe that they shot everything in New York. Um, but uh, like, like, yeah, like I, I definitely agree that a lot of it is like visually beautiful, like you know, and it's not as dark as his other movies, like, um, like in comparison to uh, uh, like Time Cop and The Relic, where like, the, like particularly in The Relic, which is a film I, I really want to talk about later on on this show, um, there there are moments in there where it's just like I can't see a fucking thing, like especially when they're in the sewer trying to get away from the monster, it's just like. Yeah the dude where the where the fuck is anybody you know so um i i actually think this one is lit a lot brighter than than those two movies but it wasn't bright lit bright enough to to um to get arnold to not talk shit about you um because arnold was like this dude this is too fucking dark what did you do here also to the point where um uh his his free highest frequent editor stephen kemper was like uh, dude, I'm not fucking with you anymore. Like, like he, he he quit working with Peter Himes and shit because he was like, you lit it so dark, it's hard for me to edit this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know where to cut at and shit because I can't see a fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not fucking with you anymore, dude. You find somebody else and shit. I'm out of here. Um, but like, uh, other like, is the funny thing, that's the funny thing I, I should say, is that uh, Stephen Kemper was, you know, annoyed enough about the lighting that, uh, you know what I'm saying, the fact that he couldn't edit the movie properly, he felt, because it was lit so dark. And my biggest issue with the film is the editing of this movie. Um, because, um, I mean, as you know and shit, uh, uh, my uh, action movie kind of like nerd shit, that, 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 as you like to call it, um uh, big. I'm a big. Uh, I'm a big. I have a big thing with editing of action sequences, like particularly like when they're edited uh, too quickly. You to know be fair, I am not saying that as an insult. <laughs> like it's just like I I aspire to because like, I am a horror nerd. So it's like whatever. I love action films, but like I would not say that I'm as much an action nerd as you guys. Because I remember like there was like I've used the example before of like when Mike uh, when Mortal Kombat came out, like did that whole like dissertation on the way yeah, it was yeah. edited. I was like. I don't even understand what the fuck you're talking about because, like, I just know this movie sucks based on looking at it. Like, it just, like, I was like, the fact that you actually have a way to describe why this movie sucks is awesome. I wish I could do that. I just have to look at it and be like, this is a piece of shit. Like, so it's like... Right, right, right. No, no like, I remember um, vividly uh, when you referred to me as such when uh, after uh, The Gray Man came out, and, and I was talking about the terrible editing in, in there. as also the terrible cinematography and all that stuff. And, like, you watched it, and you were just like, 
like I, I thought like you know like your, your criticism of it was like you're just your action movie nerd kind of thing but no you're you're correct you know what I'm saying you're correct in your criticisms of this movie you know what I'm saying and it's like yeah like a, a lot of a lot of the, the action sequences are cut it's not as bad as like something like uh like fucking like the Jason Bourne movies and shit but like it is cut a, like a, entirely too quickly a lot from from my taste. And he had the same problem in a uh, Time Cop cuz I remember um me and Mac did an episode on Time Cop for the Action Junkies, uh, Cinema Junkies, whichever one you choose, Craig. Like people a lot of people de- 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 didn't even realize we renamed the show um uh, which shows how important it was to people. <laughs> I, dude, I know. I told you that Mac should become Cinema Junkie two, and you should be Cinema Junkie one when you took that over. I, I liked the title, but like the new title, yeah. but like, yeah. So, um, yeah, now the the editing was 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 an issue in there. Also, uh, I would say in sudden death as well. Um, so sudden sudden death into was funny too because uh, the way it was cut, like you could see um. Van Damme stunt double a lot, and it was just like, wouldn't you want to cut that the fuck out? You know what I'm saying? Like the well, stunt double's face. You're not wrong, but at the same time, like that was my whole thing because I remember when I was rewatching um, old Schwarzenegger movies, how often you could see his stunt double, and not not in this movie, but in other movies, and I was just like, wow. So like his whole like persona as being like rough and tough, like that that's just that's just bullshit, huh? <laughs> like I was just like, so it's kind of the same with Van Damme, I, but it's like at the same time, like I don't really blame the editors as much as like. I think that people had very well curated images of like what they were, what they wanted. Cause like, I feel like also, I feel like they also did more stuff when they were like younger in their careers than when they were oh, yeah, later yeah. on in their careers. So it's like the Van Damme and like Schwarzenegger stuff. I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm sure the editors did their best, but like, at a certain point when you have guys who didn't want to do anything, it's just like, it is no, what it is. No, well, a, a lot of it is, um, with uh like big stars like that like like Schwarzenegger and Van Damme it, a lot of it comes down to um what the insurance company will allow them to do you know what i'm saying cuz they're the star of the movie and if they get fucking hurt doing the stunt and shit then we have no movie you know uh or like you got to push it back and shit because we paid x amount of dollars and shit to get these motherfuckers in the movie and then they get hurt doing the first action sequence so it's like no you stunt double that shit you know? Well, yes, but I mean, if you look at like what the fuck is Tom Cruise doing? We're just like, I mean, it's the same situation, but he's still fucking doing crazy ass shit. Yeah, yeah, but Tom Cruise is the producer of his movie, so he's essentially the boss. So it's like, you're gonna tell the boss no? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like he's smart. He was smart enough to be the producer of his movie. So like, yeah, I'm gonna do this shit. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want, and there's not a goddamn person on this who can tell me no. Like like Schwarzenegger and, and Van Damme and like Stallone those guys they were just actors and shit, um, so it's just like like producers are like no you can't do that. Tom Cruise is like I'm I'm the boss I'm doing it, and yeah I just got to deal with it. And they just like, I'm just saying if they really if they really cared I feel like they probably could but I feel like that at a certain point they're like nah I don't really want to do that so it's just like right like and then like Cruise they, being an insane person. Right, like, and also they're getting older, so they can't really be doing all the same shit that they used to be doing, like, when they were younger. Like, um, for instance, uh, you mentioned uh, Arnold Stuntables. Like, I remember them being, well, until uh, Cameron released the uh, the 4K version of it, uh, Terminator 2, like, um, in the original version, uh, Schwarzenegger's Stuntables were very clear. Um, 
like particularly like the 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 the, the motorcycle jump into yep. the, the the ravine like you you could tell the, the stunt double there um but uh, I remember in the commentary uh, for Terminator 2, Cameron was telling uh, William Wisher, the co-writer, that uh, in the, the 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 scene where like the the chase begins between uh, John Connor and the T1000 and uh, the Terminator T T800, um, there's a shot where uh, Arnold is supposed to come out on his bike and like like go past the camera, and um, the 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 first shot went fine, but Cameron was like a he 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 had Arnold on the walkie, and he walk. Uh, he he radios him and goes, uh, "Hey Arnold, um, uh, I wanted to do another take of you coming out of the 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 garage and shit on your bike. Is there a, any way you could come out uh, a little bit faster?" And after a slight pause, Arnold radios back, "Not with me on it." <laughs> <laughs> and, it was like, and Cameron was like. Okay, fair enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I guess we're gonna use that take, you know what I'm saying? It's like that motherfucker was like, forget it, <laughs> dude. Like, I'm not putting myself in that shit. So there is a level of like uh uh like what the insurance company would allow them to do, but also like, yeah, I'm not doing that shit, you know. But uh it, it's like I, I wanted to talk about the the, the fact that you know, because this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and like you, you already mentioned, like you know, this is like a melding of action and horror. But one of the reasons I was so excited about this movie, when 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 it was coming out, like you know, it's like Kevin Pollock, Kevin Pollock's presence was the oh, was the selling point for you. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin Pollock is just a fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? Always, always is. Uh, I love Kevin Pollock, but um, uh, no, that's not, not it, sir. Um. <laughs> You know, me, like, you know, growing up an action kid and then, like, throughout the 90s, coming into, like, as as I've said before many times, um, coming into, like, my, you know, a horror fandom, you know what I'm saying, becoming, like, a, a real big horror fan. Like, this was promoted heavily as being, like, you know, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing a horror film. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like a, a horror film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that really fucking intrigued me. Like, I was really, like, whole like, Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a horror movie where he fights the devil and all that shit. Like, that's fucking, you know, I, I'm I'm with that shit. I, I, I want to see that, you know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, I remember, like, the and the first, if you ever watched, like, the first teaser trailer, like, it, it's really, they really focus on the, like, you know, the spooky atmosphere. Like, it's really just, like, you know, it, it looks like Arnold playing a detective, like, kind of like, um, for instance, uh, like it's almost like the remember that movie uh, Deliver Us from Evil? Yeah. Uh the Scott the Scott Derrickson movie. Yeah. It's almost kind of like that. Like, you know, for but back in the day, like how they were kind of promoting it as. Like a cop, uh, like you know, real world cop, you know, uh, uh investigating the supernatural and all that stuff. And you know, and like they really portray this as like you like you go on like stuff like uh, Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood, and that's how they were talking about it as, like you know like a horror movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see End of Days. I remember uh, I forced my dad to 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 take me on opening day, and this movie came out on the fucking Wednesday, you know, work day, school day. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I was like, oh, I got to I got to see End of Days. You know what I'm saying? Because Arnold's back in movies. Uh, he's doing horror movies. We we got to see End of Days as soon as it comes out, and then 
you know, like his first major action scene, you know, comes out and he's fucking hanging out of a helicopter and shit, fucking doing stunts and shooting guns and shit. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, so it's not really like a horror horror movie, but it's an action horror movie. You know, so I remember just being like, "What the? What? Oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. You, you, you guys got me. You got me. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> like I'm still enjoying this and shit, but it was just like I was ready to see like fucking Arnold, like you know, just being like kind of like Fox Mulder here and shit, where he's just like. You know, investigating like some fucking like devil worshiping shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, no, he's got machine guns and fucking uh, he's jumping out of helicopters and all that shit. And he's getting into fucking fights and shootouts and all that shit. And it's like, okay, all right, all right, you guys got me. But like, but here's the thing though, like, you you like, I got the DVD and like, okay, on the front of it, it goes, Fox TV says a nonstop action packed thrill ride. Okay, that's that's uh, that's not entirely true of this movie and shit because <laughs> it goes back and forth. Like it does have its like spooky stuff in it, but like it also does have its action sequences. But here's here's the the the, the wild shit. <laughs> w- w- Wireless magazine said more chilling than The Exorcist, <laughs> more haunting than The Sixth Sense. End of days will scare the hell out of you. Um. You are 100% false in the statement, whoever you are. <laughs> More chilling than The Exorcist. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm sorry. I love this movie, but never, never. Get the fuck out. Like, we'll scare the hell out of you and shit. Like, like see, that's the, that's the kind of shit where, like, like motherfuckers be on Twitter saying, like, uh, oh, the critics be paid off to say shit. And it's like, that motherfucker was definitely paid off. Oh, totally. Something. Well, that's the thing. It's like... That's the other thing where I think, um, because I was like before, like the whole thing of like um, the good critics, I guess I should have said before, were comparing um, like everything to the greatest films of all time. But there was also so many shitty critics who would say just like, whatever the fuck pull quotes, we get them on a fucking poster. And presumably whatever pay bump came with that. And like, that's a perfect example. Like, there is definitely like, but it's like, I do think, that's what I'm saying, like, I do think that there is good horror shit, especially in the terms of the atmosphere of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. I think um, Gabriel Byrne is one of the best cinematic devils, like, ever. Like, I still think that he is fucking great in that fucking part. Like, I love him so much in that part. Like, it's probably my favorite role of his ever. And I love Usual Suspects. But, like, I think that he is fucking great as the devil. No, no, yeah, yeah. He, he is definitely, like... And, and and I know it, it it had to have been particularly hard for him to pull that off because two years prior to this, uh, The Devil's Advocate came out with uh, Al Pacino playing the devil. Which is and, also uh, one of my favorite devils. For, I don't care how close in proximity they were. They're two of the best ever. Right, right, right. Um, and it, 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 it had to have been hard for him because, you know, uh, even in the even in the theater on fucking opening day, like uh, when he had his big uh, scene with Schwarzenegger um, and he was trying to convince Schwarzenegger's character, like, you know, co- like come over to the to the dark side, to the devil side or whatever. And shit. he was doing his whole spiel. Um, like I heard somebody in the theater go like, oh, they're doing the devil's advocate. And it's just like, uh, yeah, like I, f- I figured that that was going to happen. But no, he he is fucking fantastic as as Satan and shit. And, then, you know, that's just because 
Gabriel Byrne is a fantastic actor to begin with. And I'm saying, like, like you said, the usual suspects and other stuff. Like, he also, which is it's weird too, because uh, I think the same year also uh, saw, uh, was it 98 or was it 99? Um, whichever one. It, it doesn't really matter because I, I didn't like the fucking movie anyway. Uh, Stig, Stigmata? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, he played a, a priest in that one trying to help. Uh, uh, trying to help uh, Patricia Arquette not be possessed by the devil, and then in the end of days he plays the devil. You know what I'm saying? In the fucking movie, you know what I'm saying? And, he, and he's fucking fantastic. Like I like how he plays. Like, cause like in comparison to uh, Al Pacino and The Devil's Advocate, like they're not playing like the same level of devil. Like you know they may have like do like similar shit. Like basically their their speeches and stuff. But like Al Pacino kind of p- plays the devil as a sort of like. Uh, you know, a classy, but like you know, like a like a coke uh, fueled um, devil, where it's like uh, Gabriel Byrne here kind of plays him like a, like a fucking rock and roll type of devil and shit. Like 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 the minute he's possessed by the devil and shit, he goes out and pulls that lady's booby out in front of her husband and starts making out with her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and then and then he has the threesome with Udo Kier's fucking uh, uh, wife and daughter and shit. Which is the weirdest scene for the following reasons. Um, first of all, the way it ends, like with the whole like fusion, that's fucking yeah. weird in of itself. But um, the idea of a mother and daughter in and of itself is fucking weird. I don't care what pornography you enjoy. That's still, if you really break it down, it's a weird thing. Like step parents, fine. Like actual blood family, that's weird. I'm just saying. Like that's that that scene. I was watching it last night, and I'm just like, "Huh!" <laughs> like, never thought about this before. That's that's a concern. That's I feel concerned watching this. Like, yeah, like I remember in the theater too. Like, uh, like when when I saw it like for the first time in, on opening night, there was there was a lady in there. I think um, with her husband and shit, and and like I could hear her go like, uh, "Does it really need to do this?" You know, what I'm saying <laughs> during that scene, and it's like. Well, like, yeah, like, I mean, here's the thing, like, what, what I appreciate about this movie is that it, it really just goes for it, you know, as far as just, like, the over-the-top silliness of, of the plot. Like, it plays it incredibly straight. Like, there, there's never a point in the movie where it's just, like, actively, like, just, like, poking fun at the material. I mean, like, you have Kevin Pollack in there uh, just being, like, fantastic as always, like, you know, with his comedic shtick. Um, but like it's never at a point where it's just like you know like oh like the the, the movie's actively pointing out that th- this is all ridiculous. No, and it plays it straight. It's actually it's it's a one it's, it's it's one of the examples I think really well of actual comic relief. Like most of the time, comic relief is just like, well, we're already doing jokes, but here is another joke. Here's a character that does all these jokes, and I'm just like, that's not comic relief. Like it's just like that's what I think. Yeah. Like remember like Transformers two? There's like 75 people in it. They're like the comic relief. I'm like. If they're all comic relief, then they're not comic relief. That's just not the way this shit works. Whereas this movie is so dark and, like, oppressive and, like, I don't want to say, like, scary, but, like, creepy. Yeah. And it's, like, Kevin Pollack actually is punctuating it with, like, comic relief. Like, it's giving you something else, which is nice. It, like, adds something, it adds a different flavor to it. That's nice. Yeah, 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 most definitely. But like, yeah, like it's 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 a movie that really just goes for its silliness and just you know what I'm saying like, fucking 
uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character's name is Jericho Kane, which is yeah, that's the dumbest fucking like most made up goddamn name. Um, uh, I beg your pardon, sir. That name is fucking awesome. No, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not awesome. It is it the is... most dumbass made up name though. Like nobody in the world is named Jericho fucking Kane. It is so fucking awesome that Richard Kelly fucking took it as um. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's character's name for his fucking script in uh, Southland Tales. <laughs> that name is fucking awesome. And then um, Christine York, uh, like is that's that's a fucking made up name if there ever was was one. Isn't isn't Kevin Pollock's character name like Chicago or some shit? They call him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like his name is like fucking Chicago and shit. But like what I love about it too is that um, uh, about his name. Uh, Jericho Kane is is fucking um. Everybody else in the movie calls him like Jer, like almost yeah. like Jerry. They're like yeah. uh, like hey Jer, like uh, CCH Pounder, like uh, who we, uh, who we have not mentioned yet, but is like one of the greatest actresses ever. Uh, I love CCH Pounder. Like she plays like a like a cop friend uh wow. of of Schwarzenegger's and Kevin Pollock's who like well I guess former cop friend. I guess they knew each other. Um, when Schwarzenegger's character was a cop. But like, um, she calls him Jer. Like, like when they're first seen together, like, hey, Jer. Um, Kevin Pollock calls him Jer all the time. But Christine York calls him Jericho all the goddamn time, and she screams Jericho, Jericho. And it's just like, no, like there's there's a reason why they call him Jer because oh, so fair, so the, the, Jer- the one time that Gabriel Burns' accent slips is like when he like does Jericho. It's the one oh, yeah. time you can tell he's not. He's he's Irish. <laughs> like it's the way he says it. It's very not right, American. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that, that. Oh, that that's a great thing I wanted to bring up. Um, because the plot of this movie is the devil has come, uh, to Earth in the, the devil body. Devil is going to come, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 or, or at least he tries to. Um. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he 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 comes to Earth uh, to impregnate uh, this girl, um, Christine York, played by Robin Tooney from uh, uh, the Craft fame. High Records. Okay, yeah, also the Craft. Like like oh yeah, that's probably like she's the one who shaves her head in Empire Records, right? Yes, she is. Which which is why which is why like in the in the, the last scene of the Craft and she, she's wearing an obvious wig yeah. because she had already shaved her head. Uh, for Empire Records, um, but uh, like yeah, like she's destined to to, I guess, uh, be like the Rosemary's Baby kind of thing, where it's just like uh, she gets uh, impregnated by the devil, and it has to be done before two thousand for reasons. Um, <laughs> for 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 some reason, it just it just has to be done, but by, by that time. Well, I guess uh, the thing was that basically, like, the devil's been, like, locked up for, like, a thousand years, and that'll be the chance to, like, birth the Antichrist, is, like, if he, it's, like, it has to be on the, like, the two, like, the, the, because that's why they say, like, the, the thousand years has ended. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they, they say that a lot. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> right, like, 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 that is their favorite line. It is, it is like fucking um, uh, Blood Rage. It's not cranberry sauce. And this yeah. version is the thousand years has ended. Like every character says that shit like ten times in this movie, including Arnold. The thousand years has ended. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, for for reasons like, it, what makes me funny is that like it has to be done 
before 1999 ends and we go into 2000 and shit because of the new millennium. And that always made me think of that episode of Seinfeld where, where uh, fucking yeah. uh, new <laughs> does his millennium party the and new shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Jerry points out that the, the new millennium starts at 2001 and shit. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I think I think your math is off here, devil. <laughs> You're fucked. But um, yes, he has to impregnate her be- before 1999 ends and all that stuff. And like you know, he's after this girl, and like he's got so many followers and shit. And Arnold's trying to protect her, but it's like, do you get the sense that the devil also wants to fuck uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like the devil wants to fuck everybody. That's kind of that's kind of the the, the general vibe that you get from Game of Thrones. Devil is he's very he's very horny. He wants to fuck everyone he possibly can. He's probably Where? gonna fuck Udo Kier if he didn't. Like he's like, yeah, he's fucked his his wife and his daughter, but he probably also fucked Udo Kier. For being completely honest. Right, 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 and then and then he he fist fucked the hole in his head later on in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, like, yeah, that is true and shit. Because like I said, like the 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 first thing he does when he when he possesses uh, Gabriel Byrne is he fucking just whips out that lady's boobie and makes out with her right in front of her husband, and then blows up the restaurant as he's walking out for some reason. Because that's what I mean. Like, he's like fucking punk rock devil and shit. Where it's just like everything he does is just like is, is awesome. Like, which is a weird thing to say is like the devil's doing awesome shit, but it's like, yeah, he's he's grabbing boobies, he's making out with chicks, he's having threesomes with uh, mothers and daughters and shit. He's punching a hole through Udo Kier's head and shit. He's pissing black and setting it on fire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is the most awesome devil. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, with the exception of, um, well, could we really say Tim Curry's uh, character in Legend was the devil? Like, they he's call not- him. They, they, they call him he's darkness. darkness because at the end he's like, "Father, help me," which suggests he's the son of the devil. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, like that's con- what I thought when I was a kid too, and then I watched it again, and I was like, "No, he's clearly calling out to like the actual devil. He's just, I guess, the Antichrist." Um, but yeah, because he's the darkness. But no, I mean, he's also great. That thing is like, I think that thing is funny. Is like thinking about Gabriel Byrne being one of the cinematic best cinematic devils in my estimation. That's saying something because there's there's a lot yeah. of fucking great cinematic devils so the fact that he is as good as he is in that role is fucking impressive no no yeah most definitely like um like one of the most memorable ones you know what i'm saying because it's just like everything he does is like some real punk rock shit you know what i'm saying like the the pissing black just is a flammable flammable black fluid is just awesome i like the way i the way i interpreted it is it was like he was um like the way that like uh, Jesus turns water into wine, he turns piss into like uh, you know oil or like whatever, like kerosene, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever the fuck. Right, right, right. And, uh, I mean, it's a shame he 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 did it to blow up Kevin Pollak. Um, that that sucks. But then Kevin Pollak comes back and shit. But then you realize, uh, oh no, now he's a minion of of the devil and shit. He betrays Arnold and shit, which is which leads to the. The, the the wildest scene in the movie to me well like you know more even as if you could say it's anything is wilder than uh uh threesome with a mother and daughter um is they watching using the one being <laughs> yeah 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 is watching arnold be crucified in a, in a in a back alley it's like oh okay like um we're going there like even my even my dad was like oh come on you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 really? Did they have to go this far? You're crucifying yes, Arnold yes, Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that, that goes back to what I was saying. It's like 
they're really going for like you know the the premise is silly and they're really fucking going for it. This is like if 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 we're gonna you know we got a character named Jericho Kane played by Arnold Schwarzenegger who fights the devil. Let's let's just fucking go for it, dude. Like let let's let's just go all out for it. The the, the only thing I would say was like uh, I remember um outlaw Vern, uh great uh critic uh, of action movies he he reviewed this movie and he said that uh i i believe it was him who said it that his biggest problem was that you have a character uh played by arnold schwarzenegger named jericho kane who's fighting the devil and he never once uh punches the devil in the face like especially when he's in giant winged creature form like you know if you're gonna have arnold schwarzenegger play a character named a character named jericho kane like, you know, if, go that far. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're obviously going very far. Go that far. Just have him punch him in the face. And it's like, eh, I, I felt that would have been a bit too far. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I feel like it's actually, like, what the fuck? I mean, he shoots him twice. <laughs> like, I was just like, I was like, at that point, why would you even bother punching him? Like, once, you've, once it's been established that shooting a man twice does nothing, like, he just instantly heals up. Why would you even bother fucking trying to punch him with that point? <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, all right, so I can't harm him with bullets. But my fists, however, <laughs> I bet you I got that. <laughs> right, right, right. Totally, totally, totally. But, like, yeah, like, fucking, like, um, there's also one thing uh, I, I want to bring up where, uh, and, and, like, I also want to bring it up, too, because, um, it's been, it's been a while since I've seen it. And, um, so like, like I, I guess it was that that time the last time I saw it and shit was that fucking time I, I posted about it when I said that the, this was his last great movie, um, Schwarzenegger's. Um, so it's been it's been a while since it's it's not like you know I needed I probably needed to rewatch it because I watched it a lot, um, when when I was younger like like I was kind of like I don't want to say obsessed but like this is this is on a daily rotation I I watch this movie a lot. Um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the soundtrack too, because I actually had the soundtrack. Me too. Um, I, I was a, I, I will say I was obsessed with the Guns N' Roses song yep, on it. Same. That's why I the, bought it. Which is like the first bands like I ever got into when I was a little kid were Metallica and Guns N' Roses. So when you were like, "Oh, hey, there's a CD with New Guns N' Roses song," and I'm like, "I could not buy that fast enough." Right, right, right. And like you know, I, I, I fucking love that song. Like it's such a fucking, and it's weird to me too, is because uh they play the song twice in the movie. Once where um, uh Schwarzenegger goes to rescue Christine after she's been taken, and they they're gonna have the big ceremony, like you know, with all the fucking the, the big culted hooded figures and shit. Uh, like the devil's really gonna fuck her in front of everybody, and they they're playing that song. Oh, oh the song. It's called Oh My God, by the way, for people who may not know. Um, they're playing it in the background, and then they play it throughout the credits. And I remember vividly that they had a trailer where they played that song in, in, in like one of my favorite trailers ever. But for some reason or another, um, it's you. It's really hard to find that trailer. Uh, and if you do and shit, it, it, the sound is off. You know what I'm saying? And it, like, like I hate seeing shit like that because it bugs the fuck out of me. I, I hate seeing shit with like sound that does that doesn't sync up. Um, but it's like, like that, that trailer is the perfect fucking like visualization of what the movie actually is. You know what I'm saying? This movie is basically heavy metal, awesome and shit. So like you would want that, you know, to, to, to be, you know, basically, you know, the biggest ad for your movie. And no, you, you could find the teaser where they basically make it look like fucking, uh, 
uh, fucking uh, uh, Arnold as Kochak, the Night Stalker. Um, <laughs> and and like, <laughs> right, 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 right. And um, they have another one where it's like they're playing like fucking opera music, making which makes it gives it an epic thing. But it's like, no, I want the one with the the, the Guns and Roses song and shit. That fucking that shit is awesome, yo. That shit is hella awesome. Um, oh, also, uh, gotta mention that, uh, fucking, uh, Arnold's boy Sven Oli Thorson shows up in this movie. Yes. LaFours. Yes. I was going to say, yes. LaFours <laughs> does in fact appear. Right, right, right. Like, um, it's one of, uh, Arnold's, uh, closest friends and shit. Uh, like, I think he was like one of his groomsmen at his wedding, even, um, to, to Maria Shriver. Uh, he plays one of the thugs that kills uh, Arnold's uh, family, um, which is a great scene. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, which uh, probably like that and where he uh, finds in the closet, like the fucking, um, what do you call those things? The, the, the lockbox and shit that plays the music. The music box. Yeah, yeah, music box. Like, like those are like the two, I think, uh, best pieces of acting from Arnold in the movie and shit. Like when he falls apart after finding the music box. And then also like in that scene and shit, like where, like it's visually shown to him what happened to his family because he didn't know. Like he got there later after they were already dead, and like then, fucking asshole devil shows him actually what happened and shit and how they got murdered and shit, which is fucked up, you know. Which also leads to the to the iconic line from that movie. It was like, uh, "You want to fuck with me, huh? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me, a choir boy." Which is a weird thing to say to the devil, but whatever. You know? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Arnold, do your thing, buddy. Do your thing. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know I, mean, I do a... think that scene is cool also because it shows, like, because the whole thing is, like, I do think his arc is actually really interesting in the movie, where it's like, because he starts off as basically being kind of a piece of shit. Like, yeah. whether whether he has good reason for that or not, I mean, that, that's just the truth. Like, he's basically a piece of shit. And then, like, that scene especially is kind of like, shows that he is the guy who can beat the devil because he is pure of hearts. Like, it's just, like, it's kind of like the thing you, like, read about in, like, fucking, like, King Arthur and shit, where it's just, like, he's the knight who's pure at heart, so therefore he can face down evil. And I think that's kind of what makes that interesting, is, like, that that character actually has an arc, whereas, like, and I don't mean that in in any way, like, as an insult to any of his work, but he doesn't often have an arc. Like, in Predator, he doesn't have an arc in, like, fucking, like... Commando didn't have an arc. Like most of the time, he doesn't really have an arc. And mostly, just kind of like the character kind of starts off as a badass and ends as a badass. Whereas, yeah. like, yeah, he doesn't have an arc. He has a mission in his movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas mm. End of Days, he has an arc. I think that's actually really kind of cool and interesting, and why I think this movie deserves to be better regarded, especially among people who like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Is like it's actually like interesting to watch like that, especially that that that, that scene is kind of like the linchpin of the entire movie, where it's like it kind of does show where. Yes, this is the worst moment of my fucking life, and yes, I would love to fucking undo this, but not to help you. Like it's just right. like I will not like fucking trade this girl and end the world to help you. Right. And it's just like it's like I would love to like fucking undo this, but I can't. And that's why I also think that the ending we spoil this, whatever, it's twenty yeah. years old. Um, where he ends up sacrificing himself right, right, is absolutely. that much more interesting because like that's not something you generally get to see from Schwarzenegger movies. Like it was like, he like, he dies, like he dies sacrificing himself to save this girl to save the world. And 
I guess they they were like they were the studio was so terrified of the idea of him dying they made Haim shoot another version where he survived. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what the fuck that's like where he climbs off the fucking sword. But like, um, but no, I do think that's the whole thing is like that character is fascinating. I think honestly, like, and that's in the and you don't get that from Schwarzenegger a lot. So like, I appreciate that. Like, it's like yes, this is not as good a film as like his best films. I'm not going to argue that's not the case. But I do think it deserves more respect as well, at least mid-tier because, like, it gives him something to do and enables him to give one of his best performances ever on screen. That's another thing that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Hyams deserves a lot of fucking credit for how fucking well this all comes together, despite the fact that he kind of gets gotten shot on every turn like the last 20 fucking something years of this movie's existence. Yeah. Like, it's it's very... Well performed and well crafted, like especially by Schwarzenegger, which you don't say a lot. You just don't. Right, like like it, it may not like be like the, the 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 upper level of like you know classics, like of course like Terminator Two, Total Recall, you know. Say, but like I, I do think it's probably one of his most interesting films, like for for everything you just said, um, about his character arc, you know what I'm saying? And like, and like, like I mentioned before, like, you know, the fact that he is playing a character like this, where we're not used to him playing a character like this, a character with an arc of every dark and, and just loathsome and, and, and depressive character, you know, you just didn't see Arnold do that kind of thing. Now you're kind of used to that, you know what I'm saying? Like after this and like, like I said, Maggie and aftermath and even, to, to to a lesser extent, collateral damage, but uh, you know, don't watch collateral damage because that movie sucks. <laughs> like, oh, that movie sucks so bad. Like, I remember uh, being in a in a in a video store, and a guy uh, had had heard about it, and like, you know, he saw it, and it was on sale, and he was like, uh, like, oh, like yeah, this is one of Arnold's like, you know, movie like most recent movies, like like yeah. He said, I haven't seen it. Is it good? And I'm like, mm mm mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, this should like, like, yeah, no, that's, that's you know, so I, I should put it back. Yeah, you should. That, that would be best. You know what I'm <laughs> it's like, like, you know, that movie sucks. But like, he he is playing like, like, like a like a similar kind of character in that, you know, a uh, character who loses his family and he's dealing with the grief and all that stuff. Um, so like, you're kind of used to it now and shit. But like at the time and shit, like when this came out and shit, it was like really surprising. You know what I'm saying? That that he was playing a character as such. So, like, you know, and to see him play the character so well and shit, you know what I'm saying, and give us so much dignity and all that stuff, it's just like, wow, Arnold, we didn't know we, you had it in you. Um, which 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 leads me to uh, something you pointed out that, that I wanted to bring up and uh, the his sacrifice at the end. Um, that really caught me off fucking guard. I mean, I, I, I saw the wheels turning, uh, like, because... After the he rescues Christine and they have this big awesome train chase. That train chase is awesome, by the way. Um, where where he fucking uh uh he runs he runs over the devil with the train, but he's still alive. And then he shoots him with a grenade, um, which is like which which also added to my whole thing about fucking uh this movie uh uh being like a fucking action horror movie where like I was expecting a full horror movie because of the way people promoted it, and it was just like. Yeah, like you know, it's got action stuff in it. But then, like when he goes back to his job and he gets like shitload of guns and ammunition, and he grabs a machine gun with a grenade launcher on it, and it's like, 
oh yeah, this is really an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He brought out the machine gun with the grenade launcher. Oh fuck. You know what I'm saying? But you know, go for it, Arnold. Go for it. And then he shoots um the devil with the fucking grenade and shit and sends him flying into the train and then it explodes and then they crash and like big like extravagant uh action sequence but it was awesome uh i remember i was in high school at the time and uh we had an english teacher named mr doddington and mr doddington saw it with his son and he hated it and um i was like why why do you like it mr doddington he was like uh he was like oh yeah here's the movie Here's end of days. Here's the plot. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he he is he is correct and shit. Like, you know, they like they like I said, they did advertise this as a horror movie and shit, and it, like it turned out to be more Arnold Schwarzenegger movie than than anything else. But like, it still has its horror elements. But um, uh, they 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 take refuge in a church, and like you know, he's arming up his machine gun but then like you know he has that you know where uh, he has to reclaim his faith you know he has to find his faith again and where he drops his gun and shit you know and he kind of like calls out to the lord to help him and then fucking devil shows up and shit like i like how in those kind of scenes and shit where it's like the devil makes the entrance it just can't he just can't blow up through the floor like he has to fucking smash in the stained glass windows first and then fucking cause a wave of the pews and shit to go up and shit. Like basically let you know he's coming and shit instead of just like, ah, fuck it, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then like he shows up as like, you know, like mentioned before, the big winged creature form. And then he possesses Arnold, like he flies into his body and shit. And then right there, it was just like, I mean, I was hoping I was wrong. But, like, you can see right there, like, okay, I see where they're going. Like, once he flies into the, the body and shit, Arnold's body and shit, it's like, he's going to sacrifice himself, isn't he? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that goes into what you were saying, which which I fully agree with, because I was thinking the same thing. It was just, like, about him being, like, you know, the, the night pure of heart kind of thing. Because, like, he's actually able to resist. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's possessed, and, like, he gets her on the thing, and he's about to, you know, have sex with her and all that stuff, Christine. And um, he's able to resist long enough, you know, because he's so pure of heart, actually. Like, even though, like, you know, he's experiencing such darkness, he's still so pure of heart that he's able to resist him enough to be like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta get rid of this guy and shit. So he fucking does a Superman leap onto uh, this collapsed statue that has, I guess, a real-life fucking sword in his hand, which I didn't know churches did, but, like, you know, like, I thought that would be stone and shit, but it was actually a real fucking sword that uh, the statue had in its hand, and he just does a flying leap onto a Superman leap onto it and impales himself, and uh fucking devil in uh, flame form comes flying out and then goes back to hell, <clears throat> which, which, which makes you wonder and shit, it's like, like his whole thing is he has to impregnate Christine before the clock hits midnight, but he only had like ten seconds to do that before he did like like it was like ten twenty seconds. It's like, is the devil a fucking minute man here and shit? Like a fucking uh, yes. one pump? The answer is one, yes. <laughs> one two pump chump and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like 
like your whole thing was you had to impregnate her and shit. You only have fucking twenty seconds to do it and shit. Cause so I guess uh, the devil was a limp dick motherfucker and shit who comes real real fast. You know what I'm saying so it's like I, I like I like that that they add that and shit. Like like yeah, he he planned on coming in ten seconds. You know what I'm saying like for whatever. But um, uh, I, I there's something I did want to admit. Uh, on this rewatch, like after he impales himself and shit, then the devil goes back to hell, and uh, he looks up, and like through, through like smoke, he sees like his his wife and his daughter there, and like you know, he's comforted in his last moments. You know what I'm saying? That he's going to be with his family again, and he smiles to himself, and uh, uh, he 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 dies and shit. And um, that that's sad enough and shit. Like I remember just being like so bummed when I saw that as a kid. Like wow, Arnold died. And then, like we've seen him die in movies before, but like you know, this is the first time him playing a human character where he dies. I think it's the last time we've seen him play a human character where he dies too and shit. Um, but when Christine walks over to his body and she grabs his hand and puts it on her face and says uh, "thank you," like on this rewatch, I genuinely teared up. Uh, like I genuinely teared up and shit. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, yeah, this movie still fucking works, man. <laughs> It really still fucking works, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, no, that's why I fucking hate people talking shit about it because I think it's legitimately, I think it's awesome. Like, I was just like, I mean, yes, there's elements of it that are like what well, you can make fun of, but you can do it with fucking anything. Like, you can fucking, if you want to, you can fucking make fun of the fucking Godfather. Like, who the fuck, like, what difference does it make? Like, it's just like in the end, like, if you're gonna make fun of something, just fucking get the fuck out of here. Like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, talk about, talk about things that you enjoy. Like, if your only fucking thing to do is to talk shit about a movie, like, just, to, to go this way, find Jesus. Like, find <laughs> find something within yourself. Find the strength to, like, fucking move the fucking on. Like, it's like that's the whole thing. Is like, yeah, there's always going to be stuff that you can make fun of. But, like, I, I think this movie is legitimately fucking awesome. Like, I think it's, like, it's, as I said, I, I wasn't, like, I know people are going to probably say something, but, like, that, and that's fine. You're totally entitled to. But, like, I think it's Arnold's last truly great movie. Like, and I think it is great like i think it's like it's very fucking good like it's just like from top to bottom like it's a really good mix of like action and horror with a actual good performance from him a really good performance from gabriel byrne a good performance from fucking kevin pollock like from top to fucking bottom everyone in the movie is good like it's i think well directed i think it's well shot like i think from top to bottom i think it's very fucking i think it's awesome like it was just like so it's like yeah it's definitely not without flaws, but like that's also part of what kind of makes it appealing. It's like, cause I mean, really, if you really break it down, like it's not like co fucking Commando is without flaws, but like people can fucking people don't nobody's sitting about Commando because it's just like you just kind of accept certain things. Like some things are okay to make fun of, and some things are, and I think that's fucking bullshit. I think End of Days is fucking rad. Like I, I will die on that fucking hill. Like End of Days is or that sword. Like I definitely <laughs> think like fucking. I think Schwarzenegger should be more proud of it. And I think it should have a better reputation than it has. Cause it's legitimately fucking awesome as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. And I should note that, uh, uh, we still love you for crazy cats. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I, I meant to ask you your, your, your real name and shit, but, uh, you're, you're, you're for crazy cats and, uh, we still love you, but, uh, you are wrong, sir. This movie's awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we still love you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, uh, if you don't like it, that's fine. You know no, that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone liking or not liking anything. I'm just like, 
if you're like making fun of it, it pisses me off. I'm just like, just fucking just talk about something you do enjoy. And just if you don't like something, just move the fuck on. It's fine. Like, whatever. I, I think that's just, you know, the nature of like film discourse in general is just like, why would you spend so much time talking about something you hate when you could be talking about something you love? Yes. And I'm saying, you know, and, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the issue is not you disliking the movie because, you, you know, of course, that you're, you're well within your regard to dislike any kind of movie you want. You know what I'm saying? That's not the thing here. It's just like, you know, to, to just keep on uh, shitting on a movie you obviously don't like. And it's just like, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like when people were still talking about shit about The Last Jedi, like five yeah. years later after its release. It's like, um, did you not get this all out five years ago? Like, I mean, to, it even to, on that point, to that fucking point, I don't like Rise of Skywalker, but I don't fucking say anything about it most of the time because, like, what the fuck? What does that like? What does that provide? Like, to anything? Like, nothing. It's so right. just like it's like, I don't, and I, I'm not so, so I'm saying like I don't dislike him for like whatever. I don't dislike anyone for their opinions. Like, it's whatever. But it's just like to me, it's just reductive. Like, it's like I don't see the point in it. Cause, like, I and it's like. It's, like it's like I said, like I said in that whole thread, where it was just like the thread that you spoke of, um, where it's like every movie is somebody's favorite movie. Yeah. So it's like to me, like because it's like he was like because that's his whole thing was he was just like I didn't think anyone cared. I care. You care. Like there are people that do care. So it's like that's what I'm saying. So that's why I, I would never say to talk shit about any movie. Like it is, that's, it's kind of my thing of it is like, cause I think this movie is good. So that's why I want to talk about it. Cause like, I legitimately like this movie. I want to talk about it even before like yeah. this whole thing happened. So it's like, I'm glad that we did. I'm happy with, with what we talked about. So like, yeah, no, like I think end of days fucking rules personally. Oh yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. The, you know, the, the, this movie still works and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's an, an awesome fucking movie. It has been. It's been one of my favorites. I, I remember, uh, funny enough and shit, like, after I saw it, um, I was dating a girl at the time, and she wanted to see Sleepy Hollow. Uh, um, and I just fucking... I took it to... The, we went to the theater and shit, and I basically just paid for End of Days, and she was like, but I want to see Sleepy Hollow. We're watching End of Days. <laughs> 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 and she was like, I mean, she ended up liking the movie and shit, but she was she was bummed and shit. It was like, you know, what I'm saying, and I was just like, sorry, I want to see End of Days again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, you know, that's the way to put it and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think it still works, um, and I and I think it's still a fucking awesome movie. And uh, I guess on that note, that would do it for our, our last episode of the year. Um. Like yeah, all the usual. Uh, we're 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 on here, we're on there, and shit. I'm fucking. That's why I hate. Like you know, I mean, it's it's known to everybody how much I hate doing plugs, and this is why and shit because they got to do so many so many of them. So it's like you know, we're we're uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Wherever you're on social media, we're there. Except Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we've had a stellar fucking year for this show. Um. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this has been one of the, uh, you know, just absolute joys of my life to do this show with uh, great friend Patrick over here. Um, and um, I'm just, you know, really excited to see where we go with it next year. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, all the exciting ideas we have to come up and talk about it. And, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Thank you for joining us, uh, you know what I'm saying, for this year and helping us make this, you know, great fucking year for the show. Like, you know, and just for us in general, um, 
and to my to my partner in crime over here, Patrick. Uh, I love you, man, and uh, I'm glad. Uh, uh, you know, what I'm saying you. I could do this uh, journey of this show with you. You know, what I'm saying. Uh, couldn't have picked a better fucking partner to do this with. Uh, and yeah, um, uh, we'll see you guys next year. Um, catch you later. Oh, <laughs>